Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. If you couldn't uh, predict the next few weeks like you can attempt to predict the weather, maybe both of them are precarious events. But like, for instance, this morning, uh, you look at the mirror and they say that plans to get the public uh, their vaccine passports, um, all sorts of different reasons that it may or may not work, according to the papers. They're thinking of bringing in call centres now and issue them through call centres. I'm quite sure what they're talking about with regards to call centres. You put them in the post or you send them to somebody's email address or whatever, and then they can upload it onto their mobile. It doesn't sound all that difficult to me, but the, like the Irish Times at least is a lot more optimistic because... Um, they're saying that the vaccinated will start getting their digital EU travel certs from next Monday. But at least we're talking about these things. There's more optimistic and more positive story to be talking about. More and more people going for, for vaccine jabs. And, you know, over 50% of the population now have had their two jabs. I know there's a long way to go, but at least we're talking about rolling out this pass as to how they'll do it. I don't know. But certainly I'm sticking to the story that they're going to be posting them from Monday to 1.9 million people. So she'll be leaving it at that. That horrific story of the solicitor asked to remove, at first asked if she was wearing underwear and then told to remove her bra. That story continues to roll on. It's an examiner's story and they have it again today because the Taoiseach uh, says that he, um, uh, he's absolutely livid over it by all accounts. He says it's quite shocking and unacceptable and he'd be looking for answers as to why the solicitor, why she was humiliated and traumatized at the uh, at the prison when she went to visit a client. So that rolls on in the papers today. But we're never too far from COVID because on the one hand, we're looking at Ireland's prospects of getting back to, um, you know, more and more freedom, while the UK surge apparently is a worry. And while looking at Sky, I don't know anybody watching GB News, it's very different to Sky, very different, which is probably quite good actually, you get two different news channels with two different slants on things. Uh, but Sky last night and GB News were rolling out lots of different people in the UK who are saying, oh my God, oh my God, there's going to be tens of thousands of positive cases in the week, in the days to come and a hundred thousand a day, something like that. But they said at the same time, we need to live with it. Uh, that's what they're saying in the UK. So the UK surge is putting f- our freedom in danger. They're saying in the Times this morning that this, sorry, the, the Mail this morning, this potential Delta spillover from what they're deeming to be the reckless full reopening of the UK could delay our digital search. So I don't, I don't know. Lea Varadkar makes the papers today because he's saying that um, uh, the, the UK actually is a gamble. And he says it's a gamble that Ireland isn't willing to take. But with regards to people going back to work then, seems if um, there's quite an amount of people in construction work who aren't going back. They're still on the pandemic payment. And at the same time, the Mail is reporting that there's actually a massive shortage of skilled workers. And here on Side, very interesting stories making the echo today. One, well, two of them involve Michael O'Donnell from the Vintners Federation and himself a publican. He says it's hard to get the trust of staff to come back to work again uh, when the same scenario could happen again, say if traditional pubs open and then close again after a couple of weeks. So there's problems trying to get experienced workers to come back. They've gone into different professions, I suppose. And the other one, and I don't know whether this is relevant to Cork, I'd like to find out if, for instance, any restaurants uh, out having outdoor dining have had anyone doing runners. But there's a story in the Echo this morning say that 
They're pleading with people to please make sure you pay for your meal while dining outdoors. There's been a number of incidents of people failing to pay their bill in Cork and indeed across the country. We used to call that doing a runner and apparently some people are doing a runner on Lee's side having eaten outdoors and just legging it. The issues regarding the virus and uh, the mental health of young people is a story that also makes the echo. And we've touched and will continue to do so. People who scam uh, members of the community uh, and last uh, f- a few weeks back of course we were dealing with one particular issue involving a, uh, um, uh, some people who had five or six different company names it was a very bad one made the courts yesterday uh, where the judge imposed a four month suspended sentence I think if you bring the money into court and pay it back it can make a difference to the judge so this was I'm not saying this was the reason but I imagine it must be if you, if you came into court with no money I suppose you'd look at it entirely differently but this is a 54 year old guy um, from Limerick uh, went out to White's Cross to a couple's home uh, the long and the short of this is that uh, they wanted work done on boundary fencing and what have you the job was 5,000, so they gave him a 3,000 euro deposit in cash. Uh, he arrived to check the job. They paid him three grand for the purchase of materials. He never carried out the work. In fact, he never came back. But he was in court yesterday, uh, paid back the three grand and got a four-month suspended sentence. And then there was a bad brawl out in Balancholic. That makes the papers as well. This is right in the middle of the day, bringing traffic to a standstill. Uh, Twelve young fellas, 12 young men in a fight on the street, half past three in the afternoon. And as usual, everybody filming it with their mobile phones. Very frightening to watch. I haven't seen the video footage. Maybe I have. I get so much of it I can confuse. You can never tell what's what. But a sentence of four months was imposed on uh, one uh, fellow called Brian Desmond for engaging with others in the affray, which is interesting if there was 12 of them fighting. And then you heard in the news this morning how it's absolutely impossible to issue fines for dog fouling. So when you read the story in the Echo that there were six fines for dog fouling in 17 months, we were even lucky, I suppose, as a city to get six people fined because you have to catch them in the act kind of thing. Uh, the dog, not the owner. And some good news on Side down in Myrtleville, the seaside town of Myrtleville. At the back end of May, the Rebel County had a lotto winner, 2.4 million, just over it. So big changing amount of money. Ian Bailey makes many of the papers. He's writing a book, he says, on the Sophie Toscan de Plantier murder and his ordeal as a suspect. That would be an interesting read. He also says that um, there's an interesting story in the inside pages where he was asked to leave a cafe that he went into for breakfast. He, he, he and the owner get on very well, and there was no issue with the owner of the cafe. It was just that the other customers um, um, weren't terribly happy, which is kind of weird, really. It's none of their business who comes into a restaurant. They should mind their own business. I mean, uh, you know, like, what's the big deal? But, I mean, he is, uh, you know, and has been a, a suspect in it for over 25 years. But one of the more interesting ones is the star says that Ian Bailey says that he has found a lot of newfound fame with the ladies. Don't they say that? I mean, I might come back to this later on. I know that they say that women write to people in prison, don't they? And a lot of relationships form in prison. And maybe there's a particular type of woman who may well be attracted to people in prison for pretty awful crimes. Ian Bailey is not guilty of, of, of any crime. He's found guilty of nothing. But he says that um, he's been chatted up by big, bosomed female admirers. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's the front page of the star today. Uh, and a quarter of Irish people who've been surveyed apparently want England to win the Euro 2020s. Uh, didn't see the match last night, but I'm told it was one classic, the Italian-Spanish.
Spanish game. Gets me off the hook, actually, because I'm supposed to put bets on it every year, on the every time the Euros come about. And uh, and I didn't this year. Uh, and my wife always bets on Spain and, and usually wins. But she was threatening that she was going to collect her winnings anyway, even though I didn't put the bet down. So I'm off the hook now with Spain gone up. But they're saying a quarter of Irish people want England to win uh, the Euros. A survey of more than a thousand. I mean, interested to hear if you're one of those. And another sporting story uh, that makes many of the papers today. Sadly, um, all too often, there's not enough stories about women in sport. And when they are then... Unfortunately, they can be quite negative. And the young 18-year-old, Emma Raducanu, don't know whether you saw her, she's going to be a huge tennis talent. She had breathing difficulties in her match. In the old days, we would call that a panic attack. And she had to stop and couldn't finish the match. And then all of a sudden, um, some people came out and said, well, you know, if you can't mix it with the big boys, etc. I mean, she's 18 years old. She's just starting out. I thought it was a horrific thing to turn at her like that. Like apparently Piers Morgan tweeted that she couldn't handle the pressure. And some cricketer called Kevin Peterson said, the mental toughness is what separates the good from the great in sport. I mean, I hope that Emma Raducanu doesn't get to read this kind of nonsense. She's 18 and was overwhelmed by the occasion. But in another 12 months or two years' time, she's going to be a serious force to be reckoned with. So um, others are leaping to her defense now, but it's a story that makes the papers today. And a final one, if you like your lobster, and I'm not a fan, I think it's very overrated, but apparently they're just about to pass a law in the UK which will ban boiling lobsters. Do they say that they scream when they hit the water? I've never been around to see. I know the color changes, but can you imagine any kind of a living creature being thrust into boiling hot water? They say that that's the only way to cook a lobster. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it will be coming to an end in the UK. Don't know what the story is here. I think they still boil them alive here. Anyway, it's the story that makes the English Times. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. The Neil Prenderville Show. Right, a little later on, I hope to come back to issues involving, say, for instance, women in sport, and also how you can kind of segue women in sport into Love Island. Uh, that there's not enough women in sport and the reasons behind it, Siobhan O'Connor in the Mirror is saying recently that the reason behind it is because of shows like Love Island. So more on that uh, throughout the course of the morning. But you can text 0868104106. You wouldn't believe me if I was to tell you how many emails and texts I haven't got to. So I'm keen to do an awful lot of that as well. But as usual, as many calls as we can get on the air, that's our first priority. And Magella is amongst them. Magella, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? And unfortunately, um, I'm, I'm back again having people sharing their very sad stories regarding loved ones in nursing homes. And, and, and these stories need to be shared. And I'm particularly bothered by the fact that HICWA, or indeed, I suppose, any kind of social worker, can't make an unannounced visit to a hospital, to a ward or to a nursing home. I think it would up the game of all of the hospitals and the nursing homes, I have to say. I don't know whether you'd agree with that or not, but tell us your own story regarding your own ma'am, your dear ma'am. Well, my mom died in October. Are you on a speakerphone, Magella, I wonder? Sorry, I just changed that one second. If you don't mind, because I know you ultimately set up an organization called Care Champions, in fairness to you, and I'm wondering what was the story behind setting it up? Well, Care Champions was set up just over two years ago, around the time of the home care embargo. At that time, I had left to work to look after my both my parents who were alive at that point, and we had lost both of them since then. Yeah. But um, 
uh, it was around the whole point of having no community support and such bad home care packages while the HSE was funding and um, was funding uh, home care packages. So much of the funding was being lost uh, to outsourcing it to private agencies or admin and not reaching people on the ground. And consequently, a lot of our members would have ended up having to, uh, against I suppose, their own their own uh, choice to go to live in a nursing home. And then, of course, as time went on and COVID hit our shores, um, I suppose it really shone the shone the the light on our nursing homes. Did you and did you fight to keep your mam out of a nursing I home? Did. I did. You know, when my my mom got uh, COVID in hospital uh, on in April, and then luckily, miraculously, she pulled through it. But it done an awful lot of damage to her, and she came home. She lived for twelve weeks after she came home, and I was put under ferocious pressure. To put her in a nursing home, um, but I wouldn't because you know um, I have been dealing with care champions, and I was I was an old, I knew what other families are going through, and my mother had no voice for her own with her dementia, so um, uh, you know it was a horrific fight, and you know was this April family. last or April twelve months ago? April twelve months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And did she pass yeah. away at home then? Uh, she actually passed away in hospital. Uh, they took her out of the again with something we didn't want. Uh, but four days before she passed away, um, the the nurses and the doctor who was involved insisted that she needed to go to hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, as a family, we knew she was dying, but they were not of the same opinion. And when she went to hospital, they were appalled that she had actually been moved. Now they were very very good to us in the hospital, yeah, and yeah. they let us be with her. Uh, but but your reason for keeping her out or not allowing her to go from hospital to a nursing home was prompted by what? You had seen too ma- heard too many horror stories, is it? Well, you know, our families and care champions, um, you know, their experiences has been a very poor, a very poor one. Now, I have to say, care champions is representing those who have had a negative experience in nursing homes. And that's over we- 500 families who have complained about situations within nursing homes like the ones that we heard on Primetime? Like- Absolutely. Like all the families in Primetime, we would know them in Care Champions and hope that we have supported them in some way in their journey. Um, and we would have over 500 families that would have very similar stories. Would they be Cork you know, families? We would have many families from Cork from many different nursing homes in Cork. And without, without naming them or identifying any of them, what type of issues are they reporting to you? It would be similar to that of Ballyno, you know. There's one family I I would know quite well, um, and a nurse that was in a nursing home in Cork, and they were they were denied window visits, and uh, they were ringing trying to get through, and every day the phones were going unanswered, and eventually when they would get through, they would be told, "Don't ring, we will ring you." In other words, wait at home, we we'll let you know if she's passed away. And one daughter said, "Can you please?" put the phone to my mother's ear so I could tell her I love her and say goodbye. And the person on the other end of the phone said, we're too busy and your mother's too sick to hold the phone. And that lady died without hearing her daughter's voice. I know. I mean, it's horrible when I hear these stories. At the same time, the nursing homes were saying that they had no staff. 
that over 50 or 60% of the full-time staff were out with COVID, particularly during the bad surges. They had temporary staff in, they had agency staff in, they were understaffed, they were run off their feet. It was a tsunami. Would that be an acceptable reason? Absolutely not. No. You know, particularly when you look at the likes of Bally, no, we were in the third wave. It had identical stories to that of Delgan, which was very much uh, publicised in the media almost a year earlier. Why did they not call in the army? You know, um, we would know uh, from the inside and body know, you know, where staff had reached out for help. And, you know, they they had reached out to the HSE. And yes, which was a common trend across the country where nursing homes were trying to deny how bad it was on the inside. And we're refusing help. You know, the agency should have been brought in there. Did they not want, did they want to maybe protect families from worry or stress, maybe? Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that would be the case because across the board, families were beyond distressed because they were at the other end of the phone ringing consistently and getting nobody. I gotcha. And there were here rumours locally, you know, and in many homes in Cork included. And families would have actually heard through the grapevine, you know, there might be COVID up there in the home. You might want to ring. And I know, and I know that that was the case in Ballynote too. And um, is it a case in more and more nursing homes in Ireland now that they're owned by big companies, um, big yeah. conglomerates, uh, much of them overseas, UK companies? Um, where where they might be run by accountants, and it could be bottom line and costs and profits. Yeah, well, you know, somewhat more detached. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. But you know, we ne- we now need to refocus and look at how we are going to change elder care going forward. You know, when people have a concern around neglect or abuse, either a resident themselves or a family member, there is no one stop shop to go to in this country. You know, you go to Equa. They can't. They cannot investigate an individual concern. But why can't Hikwa? And I mentioned this in my introduction. Why can't Hikwa, um, like like the guards can do, and, and revenue and cab can go into places unannounced? Why can't Hikwa just walk into a nursing home or a hospital ward unannounced? Hikwa can walk into a nursing home unannounced. Well, why did I hear that they give advance notice? Yes, there are three different types of inspections that Hikwa do. We do unannounced inspections, short short notice inspections, and then um, I think the other one is to do with uh, building and safety inspection. Unfortunately, you know, we have heard rumours, you know, that nursing homes have been tipped off about unannounced inspections. But the problem with ICWA is that their powers are not enforced enough that they are able to go in and take immediate action if they find a nursing home is non-compliant. In, um, I wonder, is uh, it the same with creches? I'm just looking at the most vulnerable members of society, the elderly and the smallies, the old and the young. I don't know whether... No, whether I, think, I think creches have more... I think in creches there's far more structures. They have, there's far more accountability. Yeah, but can you go um, in unannounced? Because unannounced will tell you exactly what the conditions in a business are. Yeah, I actually can't answer that question. I would assume that you can. But absolutely, there needs to be an announced. But not only, we need safeguards. Our, all residents of all nursing homes in this country need legal protection. And until the law changes, 
Nothing will change. So you're dealing with people whose parents or loved one haven't been changed, uh, who have pressure sores because they're not being turned, they're spending too long in bed, uh, nursing yeah. homes who are reporting that, you know, that families are saying that there's not enough time to feed their mam or there's not enough time to feed their dad properly, left for months in their own rooms. Really? Months? It was right through the whole lockdown. People were isolated for months in their rooms. You know, with very, very little interaction. People on the ground floor may have been lucky enough to get window visits, but many people didn't, didn't even get window visits. So even if they had a concern, they had nobody to voice it to. Um, you know, it was uh, what has occurred in the past year in Ireland is to our shame. And without a doubt, when we look back on our history, we are no different to the, the the incidents that would have occurred in our past that we look back on in shame. You know, until the government stand up and as society, we stand up to put protections in place for older people or people living in nursing homes. I know. Nothing yeah. will change. And another, another public inquiry, yet another Irish public inquiry, and God knows whether it will make any difference or not, that public inquiry. Um, so that's where we're at now. Uh, did you hear, I know... I know you have been listening because you've been tweeting different stories that have been doing on the air, in fairness to you. But did you hear Sarah yesterday, the whistleblower, who is clearly passionate about nursing care and working within with the elderly in nursing yeah. homes? She lasted one day, ran out of it, never went back. Did you hear her stories? I did hear her stories, and I'm not surprised by her stories. However, I feel it's very sad that a care worker could go in, or anybody would go in and see and those sorts of behaviours occurring and walk away and do nothing. But the answer given by the staff member was, ah, for God's sake, this job only pays 10 euro an hour. Yeah, we do. We can make uh, protective disclosures to HICWEP and we have supported many staff to do that. And any staff that's out there in that sort of situation, we are more than happy to help them to go through the process to try and protect to protect themselves, but more importantly, to protect the residents that they're going into. A carer who goes into work in a nursing home or work anywhere where you're supporting somebody, and um, you do it because that's what you want to do. If you see something that is wrong, uh, you have a duty to stand up and do the right you thing. You think Sarah should have done that? I believe yes, she should. I do believe that the processes are not there for around care workers at the moment. I don't believe they have a voice in that. You know, we work the, the stories that we hear from care workers that they are very much um, put down, and if they rise their head over the parapet at all, they get reprimanded for it, and many will lose their jobs. But why? Do, why isn't there one individual appointed to every single nursing home that isn't employed by the nursing home, like an overseer or? I think you. I think you said perhaps a social worker would be on site all of the time, independent of the home, just observing. Yeah, I believe that there needs to be a social worker. A social worker is the only professional in the country that would have the the, the ability to go in and address any concern of negligence, abuse, and investigate it right up to its conclusion. They're the ones who are, they're professional in the area and they're the ones who should be doing it. And, um, you know, uh, there needs to be oversight. There need, we need to look at, at um, the role, we need to look at how many uh, carers we have 
in residence. Yes. And which seems to be an awful lot lower. There is no legal quota in the country, but it, it does appear to be an awful lot lower. But, but what could it be, carer to residence? What would the ratio be, generally? Do you know? Uh, well, I know that in a, in a public nursing home, it tends to be one to three or four, whereas in a private nursing home, it would appear to be nearly double that. Now, of course, it would all depend. That would be uh, one care assistant to perhaps four, to perhaps eight residents. Well, that's what it would appear to be from what we hear from this. My this God Almighty, that rate is terrible. But yes, every person who goes into a nursing home uh, has a, an individual uh, assessment done which should determine what their basic needs are. Uh, and some people, you know, are, need, might need one-to-one or one-to-two and... But that appears not to be happening. But people are paying very big money. I mean, you know, some Absolutely. some elderly people and not so elderly who go into residential care like this, they give up their home to pay for it. Yes, yes. And not only that, there are so many um, costs that's not seen for families, you know, uh, which has been a massive thing actually over the pandemic where people have been uh, forced to pay for activities and no activities happening because they've been isolated in their rooms. And, um, you know, people are paying for additional services that they're not getting. And that's also something else that's very important, that while we were in lockdown, uh, many, people, many essential services were locked out. So people who did survive COVID were not getting basic services like physiotherapy, uh, speech and language therapy, and all the different services that they needed to help them to get back to the best of their ability. Um, oh, that's that terrible. Would, that's terrible. We would have had families where a loved one would have ended up in hospital uh, where, with a non-COVID issue, and they would have found issues like their toenails had actually grown over their Oh, toes. sure, I know. I mean, I, I heard a story, this is going back some months on the air, where this was respite for, for a 10-day period where an elderly person went, walked into a nursing home for, for respite, walked in, uh, and ten, 10 days later uh, came out in a wheelchair in a walking frame clearly because they weren't exercising or getting around they were just sitting wherever they were sitting all day isn't that awful? Yeah and many families tell us that you know walk in is, and out in a wheelchair yeah, but, yeah. And, and many families will tell us within days their loved one is in a wheelchair Okay so if people want to get in touch or reach out to you how can they do so Care Champions? Okay we're on Facebook we're on Twitter our email is carechampionsireland at gmail.com. I'll share that on our social media platforms. Thank you so much for getting in touch, Magella. Appreciate Thank it. And you thanks for, your for listening. Mind yourself. Okay, thanks. Uh, you. Some text on this. Listening to Sarah's conversation yesterday. This is Sarah who ran out of a nursing home, ran out of the profession. I'm crying here listening to Sarah. We should all be ashamed. We know it goes on, and yet it seems to be accepted as it is, as if to say our elderly don't matter and they can be treated appallingly. It's absolutely disgraceful. This should go before the European Court of Human Rights. It goes on wholesale, Neil. When these doors close, they can do as they please to these vulnerable people, says Phil. Uh, My mom is a carer for over 20 years. She can relate 100% to what Sarah is saying on air. She was listening with me. After some jobs, she would come home crying from the care patients. uh, Sorry. After some jobs, she would come home crying from the care patients were given. If she wanted a carer for her mother, my mom would be happy uh, to help her. Please pass on details and my mom will contact her. Thank you. Um, that's when in relation to some of the calls on the air yesterday. My heart is broken listening to what families have gone through during COVID. My mom was in Ballino for 17 years, having had a stroke at 49 years old. I couldn't fault the staff up there during that time. 
and I'm so upset to hear these families' experiences. Mom passed away almost four years ago, and again, Ballino allowed us to sleep in the home for four nights, as Mom could have passed at any time. They offered her they offered her a home away from home, I can tell you. But when we as a family couldn't, they stepped up. It's a tough choice to put a parent in a home, but my dad, brother and sister and I had no choice. We were only teenagers when Mom had a stroke. I hope those families find peace. I just can't imagine the pain they've gone through and continue to go through, says Orla. Yes, and part of that pain is wondering who was actually in the coffin. Was it their own ma'am? Was it their own dad? So very, very disappointed that that lady Sarah didn't report any of the blatant abuse she witnessed in that nursing home. Um, listen, can I just say the story that Sarah told yesterday was not Ballino nursing home. Um, she should have reported it. She should be ashamed. She let it continue. It's probably continuing to this day. There are so many fantastic carers out there working in nursing homes. Such a shame Sarah decided to do nothing to stop what she was seeing in this case. Um, I know somebody in a nursing home uh, and not being able to see them was one thing, but even just getting a phone call seemed like too much trouble to nursing homes at the time. Uh, Our mum went into the CUH in early December with a stomach infection. That was the last time I had a face-to-face chat with her. She got COVID in CUH in late January just gone, which she died of. We didn't get to see her till a couple of days before she died, but by then it was too late. She was dying and there was no conversation. She was just lying asleep, breathing, but waiting to die. I don't know if she knew we were there or not. Where do we get answers? We weren't even allowed to see. We, were not, we weren't allowed in. So how did she get COVID? I didn't see her after she died, not even in the coffin. Please don't call. I am just too upset. Mother went in with a um, stomach infection, got COVID and died. My sister was admitted a few months ago with a brain bleed. Also as a result of being hit in the head. This is another one of an assault that led to a brain bleed. Another one's yesterday. Uh, my parents were left the same way. No visits, and the hospital never answered the phone. She was in her late teens. At first admission, they actually sent her home, saying she was on drugs, wouldn't take it seriously. Then they said the same. She's over 18, like they did to your other caller. So we don't need to update parents. She was unbelievably confused and my parents were left for two days waiting to see if she needed an operation, which she did, but they never told us. She was unable to use her mobile during that because of the state she was in. So in the end, we actually got on to the local TD in the area who arranged contact for us. And just as well as she was in the hospital three weeks. It's unbelievable how they treat people. It can't come on as and work. But this thing with regards to children being over 18 is happening every day. And those texts to uh, 0868104106 back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. The construction industry is saying that uh, there's quite an amount of workers, 20,000 of them, that haven't come back to work and are still on pandemic unemployment payment. And they're figuring that that's working out at about 7.5 million a week. But the the problem is that without a doubt, they're saying that many thousands of those construction workers have gone back to their own countries and are claiming the pop while outside the country. Many of them have gone back to Eastern Europe and they continue to stay there. Um, And that's the problem. And maybe that's why pop is acting as a deterrent because the vast majority of them are gone from the country. So that's with regards to construction. And if you, if you, if you look at it, actually, if you're involved in the trades at the moment, you're probably run off your feet. There's so much work available now because people have the, many people have the extra money looking for work to be done in the home. I don't think the trades are interested in the small bitty jobs. Um, and, uh, you know, 
I heard in the past that if you've got a reasonably small job that you want done, some people in the trades quote huge numbers to do the work, hoping that you'll go away. And if you're stupid enough to pay them the overly inflated price, then they'll do it for you. But anyway, that's just my thought on it. What's David's thought on it? David, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so you, uh, so your own situation, a bit of a nightmare trying to get something done, is it? Oh, stop, stop, stop. I tell you what, I, I wanted to get my bathroom done for the last few months. Now, I have the toilet nearly paid for, so I went around uh, to see if I can get a few plumbers. I emailed uh, a few last Friday. Uh, Saturday morning, I got a call from, uh, I won't mention any names, uh, answered the phone, and the introductory was, uh, you sent me an email. I said, well, I felt like saying, like, I sent a few emails out. Um, I don't know who am I speaking with, so he mentioned his name. No, go, said, no good morning, no, how are you? <laughs> no, no, I think, I think, actually, to be quite honest, a lot of people shouldn't get, get an education in how to answer the phone. I agree. And my father, God rest him, my father, God rest him, was a businessman himself. They worked for himself all his life, and he educated me. Introduce yourself, etc., <laughs> uh, etc. Et so this guy just basically just said, "You send me an email," and I felt like saying, "Like yeah, I did. I I, I sent a few emails, you know." Uh, and then he say, he said his name, which didn't really help me either because I sent uh, emails to a few different companies. <laughs> so I said, "I said I actually I am a tradesman myself, and I'm looking for a few quotes." And when he heard that, he hung up the phone. Oh God, you're joking! You're making that up. Uh, I'm not, absolutely not. He hung up the phone. Not only did he hang up the phone, he blocked my number. So why did he call you at all? Like the email you sent him would have said you wanted work done. Exactly. I said, I'm looking for a quotation uh, for my bathroom, my aunt's suite, uh, the, 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 between the tiles, you know yourself, between the tiles, the plumber, the the, the electrician. It's going to cost a lot of money, you know? Yeah. So that, that was, that was I, I basically forgot about him. So I moved along. And I come somewhere else. So I said, I sent it out an email, but I did get a response, not a phone call from another company, won't mention any names. And this company said, look, we're more than happy to call up, but we won't be able to get to you till January 2022. <laughs> okay? Sorry so for laughing. I'm not finished. It, it's actually quite humorous. And I, I'm willing to wait. I got another price. The guy took a month to call out to me. He took a week to get back to me with the price. And when I phoned him to kind of look, can I discuss the quotation with you? He said, I'll, I, I, I'll phone you tomorrow. I'm busy. So a week later, no phone call. So I phoned him on uh, someone else's phone and he did answer the phone. <laughs> and the, the what did you say to him when he answered? I said, I said, are you avoiding me? Are you avoiding, <laughs> are you avoiding me? me? Are you avoiding me? I said, I'm up the walls. I can't cope with it. They're all, they're all very busy. But I, well, my point is I can't understand for the life of me. Uh, as I said, I'm a tradesman. It doesn't, you, you, can do, you can do administrative work for a day and go out and do your quotations. If you don't do quotations, you can't get work. But they're clearly backed up with work and they don't need to take any more quotes. Oh, a good, uh, yeah, that's a point too. But I mean, <laughs> and as you said, and you interrupted there, the prices are unreal. Do you, so you never got a quote. I got one quote. And was it way for off the Richter grand, scale? For, for two grand. And do you think I'm it was? Installing, uh, I'm installing basically. I'm installing a, a shower tray, a sink, 
and a toilet. And you're supplying them? I'm supplying the shower tray. I'm from Right Price Tiles, who I will mention are very, very good. Yeah, yeah, right? Janine's, yeah. Uh, so, so the shower tray, the sink, and the toilet, you provide them, and they're charging two grand to install them. Correct. What? That's, that's yeah. insane. That's absolutely ludicrous. That's insane. I mean, how many hours work is involved in that? Uh, I'd say he'd been out in a, day, a good day. Definitely no more than that. My, I, say, I said to my uncle, who's also a, a tradesperson, he said to me, he said, this brain surgeon's not on that kind of money. <laughs> you see, the two grand is probably so inflated that they hope either you'll go away or you're stupid enough to pay it. Correct. And I'm not stupid enough to pay it. And I, I leave you with a very funny story, Neil, and I might give your listeners a very good one. I went down to I went down to quote a, a customer down below in, in uh, Riverstone. Right? Can I ask you what <laughs> trade you're in, David? I'm a decorator. Okay, painter and decorator. Go on. I'm a decorator. Uh, so I went down to look at this man's job uh, he wanted done. So I parked outside. It was uh, one of the lockdowns. And I wear glasses for reading and I had my mask on. So I phoned him and I said, listen, I'm outside the door. <laughs> he said, uh, okay. He was a, happened to be a Chinese man, no disrespect to the Asian community. So he opened up the door and I he had a footpath outside his door. So I had to get out of my vehicle and I walked in between the cars. I never saw the footpath because I forgot to take off my glasses. They were all fogged up. So he opened the door. I hit the footpath and ended up halfway in his hallway. <laughs> <laughs> you d- you do know that you're not supposed to be painting and decorating during those lockdown restrictions. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. But listen to me. I ended up, I ended up, I ended up in the mercy of you because I thought I had a dislocated shoulder. Oh, God. I suppose your man thought that might be compo. <laughs> Normally, I know he went down. He he put his ear. I was on the floor, and he put his ear. And he said, down to me. He said, "You okay, Simon? You want me to pull an ambulance?" All right, all right, all right. And did he phone an ambulance? No, yeah, he did not. I was, I, I survived. I survived. <laughs> but listen to me. That's uh, it, it's crazy out there. I, I'd love to get other people's stories regarding work being done, or waiting lists, or quotes, yeah. or not answering the phones. But, I mean, come on. You, you have to shop around. I mean, like there's a lot of good guys out there uh, that that are they're not ripping people off. They'll do a good job. I mean, like this way. There's a big man now, but think of the future. You know you. Can Oh, lost you there. I don't know why, but thanks all the same. David, do stay in touch because you're a tonic for the troops. Isn't there? Didn't I deal in the past with people who set up different companies where you could go online for the trades and you put your job up and you give details of the job and then trades people come back and they quote for it. Thanks, Seamer. It's called mytradesman.ie. Well done. I, maybe that's the way to go. And they come back then and they literally tout for the work. They, you know, you say where you are, you're in Cork, what part of Cork, this is the work I need done, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the trades come back themselves as a plumber or a carpenter or a tiler or a painter or a chippy or whatever, electrician, whatever the case may be. Anyway, keep those stories coming. Text 0868104106. Sorry, it's tradesman.ie. Thank you. Tradesman.ie. Yvonne, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Did, was your call prompted by David and his story there with nightmares in the trades? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, are, are you also? You've got Claheen Homes. What's that? Is that a construction company? It's a construction company here in West Cork. Right. It's um, we're we're building an estate 
we've been trying to build an estate for the last uh, we started the July before the everything kind of kicked off and um, we you know we're pumping out houses with extreme difficulty at the moment um, so because you're started so we, you're stopped and you're started and stopped yeah, and they, yeah. exactly yeah. and the problem is then even when you were started you're only allowed work on certain houses so you were only allowed work on the public authority section of the estate public authority section and houses that were ready for completion or occupation within um, that time period they gotcha. gave in the first lockdown so now that you're so back looking, you yeah. can't get workers, workers is it? Now that we're back, what we have found is when we had to shut down, um, the likes of the people who couldn't work, the likes of the block layers um, and lads like that on houses that were not far enough along to be able to be worked on. They just had to be left sitting. So we had to let those guys go. I mean, we had guys and and good guys. And uh, what we're finding now is during the lockdown, I mean, they did what they had to do. I have no problem with it. Um, maybe some people do, but... They went and they did private jobs because they have to feed their families too, you know. Yeah, um, but they, do, they did private jobs while on pub. Uh, I don't know that. I couldn't answer that. I can't speak for right. anybody else. Okay. But they may or may not have. I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah. what's happening now is that um, they have so much work backlog, we can't get block players. So we have people crying out for houses. And, you know, we're working on ones, you know, we've, we've kind of built what we can build and we've finished what we can finish. And we're making slow progress now moving forward because we just can't get the treatment, you know. And there is a lot of cowboys out there and there is a lot of people who are using it now to kind of take the mick for want of a better term um, price-wise. Like all our tradesmen are good and, you know, my other half is in the building trade for 30 plus years. And I also Um, have heard that different construction companies are poaching other construction workers. 100%. And they're offering yeah. them more and they're finding that a bricklayer who was with you on a Friday doesn't turn up for work on a Monday. 100% and they're not answering the phone. Like, for example, um, I'm not totally up to what the rates and everything would be, but I know um, we somewhere between 160 and 180 a block um, was what they were paying. Um, you know, and it, apparently that was a reasonably good I don't know what the, I don't know what how that works out as as to no, you know me how many blocks. how many they lay a day so they get you know I know that the windows yeah. are left out of it so yeah. you know if you're a good block there and you're laying five hundred blocks a day you're you're you know, you're, you're making, making seven. You're making seven fifty to a grand a day. I heard an amazing yeah. story years back. This is when we remember the Celtic Tiger was rocking, right? And yeah. I had a buddy yeah. of mine uh, working at the radio station at the time, and he was telling me about a brother of his who was a block layer. He was making so much money and was so busy that he actually hired some other geezer to hand him the blocks faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of our block players would have um, labourers with them who will mix their cement and who will who will hand them the blocks and they'll line everything up and yeah, and it's all... Boom, boom, bang, all, bang, 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 much faster then. Which, which is fine when you've got a good tradesman. You will also have cowboys who will boom, boom, bang, bang, and then, you know, Wall you falls, don't have yeah. the quality product. Yeah. But, like, we would be known around West Cork for high-quality finish. So, you know, we're not going to just employ anyone. But what we've found is exactly that. Like, Mick has tried to get people from Kerry, from Waterford. He's all over the place. He even spoke to people from Poland. There's a couple of Polish guys on the site that have been with us for a long time, and they went to people in Poland, and we would have had to fly them over, put them up, 
and pay them while they were here. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to do that because Emer and Brenda want to quit this program and go down to lay blocks in Clon <laughs> at a grand a day. Oh, I know. Wouldn't it be just lovely? Well, if we, if you, if you have anybody, or if anybody's listening, yeah, who's looking th- for good working conditions, and there's ongoing work, it is a. a well, they'll go down if you've got hard. Week. They'll go down if you've got hard hats to fit them. Five grand a week? All day long. All day long. I'm a dental hygienist and I spend a lot of time on the site and I have my own hard hat and my own um, high-vis vest and my own COVID vest and the whole lot. um, You look the part. I look the part, yeah, I certainly do. Um, They say that a lot of it has to do with thousands of foreign workers, primarily from Eastern Europe, who are back in their own countries, still claiming the pup in Ireland and working away there. That's why a lot of the trades are gone. That's quite possible as well, but we we know, like from experience over the last little while, that there is a lot of people who did take on private work when things yeah, were shut and down, and you back. cannot blame people for that. And they're finishing it out. Plus, like you say, the prices are exorbitant. You know, for example, even things like skirting board went up by forty six percent the other day. You know, so if you've got houses that are sale agreed from six months ago that you couldn't work on, and now your house is costing you thirty or forty grand extra to build, it's difficult. You know. And can you pass that on to the buyer then? You can? Well, you know, if if you're not a very nice person, you'll pass it all I on know, to the, yeah, the buyer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we haven't. Um, we have put a very small amount on one or two houses that were in the process of being built just to try and recoup something because, you know, you can't build it lost or then you can't build. Oh, so fine. Okay, um, I'm out of time for now. So if you're looking, you are okay. looking for trades, you're looking for people in the trades down west. Is that the case? Specifically, block players in Clonakilty, good working hours, good conditions, ongoing work for the next year or two is there for, um, so please feel free. I've left my contact details okay. for my other half, who is the PM on the site, and just ring him. Yeah. Taheen Holmes in Clonakilty. Just very, very briefly, because what your experience, apparently, hospitality is experiencing as well, because they've lost an awful lot of chefs. An awful lot of the chefs have gone off and they got themselves horse boxes, working for themselves yeah. out of the horse boxes. And they're not Here going back into kitchens. Pilot. We had a pilot working on our site as a labourer. I know. I spoke to Aer Lingus pilots yeah. who are driving tractors. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, lovely talking to you, Yvonne. Stay in touch. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Back Bye after bye-bye. 10, 1850 104 106. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national, and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. You're listening to the Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year, Cork's Red FM. Day three of our giveaways in association with the Maldron Hotel in... Uh, where did we agree the Maldron Hotel in Sandy Road was? Didn't we say Galway? Yeah, thanks. Okay, so we've got two nights bed and breakfast for two people today, courtesy of ourselves in the Maldron. You can plan your own dream escape with Maldron Hotels across the summer. MaldronHotels.com. Okay, so again, three songs, artists and titles in the correct order. Not now but at a quarter to midday have a listen we're hearing it for the first time together very romantic those three songs all to do with sunshine and outdoors and travel and holidays so I'll play them a couple of times between now and midday and then we'll open the phone lines uh, and we'll take caller 10 on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. did somebody tell me this is uh, the 25th anniversary this month of the Spice Girls. Girl Power, what have you? I think it is this month. We should dig out a Spice Girls song. 
particularly if we're talking about Love Island later on. But anyway, back to the phone as we go. Everybody's backed up and my apologies for it. Colm, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Neil? Just, I'm good, thank you. Just, we're just chatting there earlier on about the, about the trades and construction and uh, a shortage and then a lot of people looking for a lot more money than the job is worth, those kind of things. Did you want to pick up on that? Yeah, basically it's going back to the stupid season, I always call it. Are you in the trades, Colm? I am. I've been in the trades since I was 18 and uh, I'm in the trades 45 years. And what trade? Well, basically I'm a carpenter joiner by trade. Well, you know yours. You'll know then. You know about yours and the other trades you work alongside. You say it's going back to the what? The stupid season. Yeah, that's the the Celtic Tiger. Um, When prices didn't go up by tens or twenties, they went up by hundreds and thousands. And we're going back to this again, like material now is going up 25, 30%. Why, why, why is that? Why are they dearer lack, than 12 months ago? It's lack, it's, it's lack of raw materials, basically. Um, and also, nothing moved during the pandemic, the shutdown. Now everybody is trying to get things done, and material is just the raw materials more than anything else there. are not that just not there. And if you want them, then as a tradesman or someone, you pay for them. Okay, okay. You pay for them, and then now that's fine for big builders or big uh, suppliers, but people that are small cannot take and hold, say, um, something that is going to cost sixteen to twenty percent more next month. Okay, they have to pass that on because they won't survive. Okay. Okay, and is that and but talk to me about the people who aren't returning phone calls or getting back to emails or turning up to even quote. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been looking for my kitchen floor to be done for the last six, eight months, and I can't get it done. And I'm in, I'm in the business as in in the building industry, but you just can't get it done because one, it's like it's like we're going back to the silly season is they have so much work they will pick and choose the jobs that will make them money as quickly as possible and to some extent can you can you blame them for that like no, their, their businesses no, no, in fact, you make hay while the sun shines you know yeah I mean you, you have to because there will be a, and I hope it never happens but this can't keep going because people can't afford the 30 and 40 toes next that have been put on houses they haven't got they can't get the the money from the banks because they haven't got the money themselves to pay back the loans and it's just I can see this going up like two thousand and two. And the more I think about this and listening to your good self, the more questions come into my head. Like we're always told, for instance, to get more than one quote. But like so you can compare and contrast a job in the house that you're getting done or the garden or what have you. But that's probably impossible to even get two quotes to compare a price. So you just take well, whatever you're given. Yeah. Well, if you get a quote and a fella says, yeah, no problem, I'll put you in and I'll do your job in two months' time, you're going to take him because you know if you say no to him, I might get back to you. He was not going to be there when you do get back to him. And then the other quotes you're looking for may not even come in. And if they do come in, they don't follow him up. So then you could be left with nobody. So you'll take the first person will. that's willing to do your job. Yeah, and no yeah. matter what the cost is, which is, I can see their point getting their job done. But then it's going back to what I call again is the telephone numbers are coming back into play 
where it's just not sustainable. And this is going to go down the way we went in 2008. And I don't want to see that again. And do you think an awful lot of people left construction or an awful lot of those in construction and in the trades, a lot of them very good, went back to their own countries? Well, not only did they go back to their own country, but they now can get more money, probably where they are. Um, And then who wants to go out and work in the rain and the wind during the winter? It's fine during the summer. But who wants to go out there and do all that during the winter for whatever you're getting? They're getting better jobs, indoor jobs, better hours. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that the German supermarkets have come over here. And you want to, if you want to become a manager in one of their stores and you start out as a trainee, you could be working 60 hours a week, incidentally. But it's 70 grand starting wage. Yeah. But again, I mean, OK, when you're out in the building and all that, as you get older, like I have, is the aches and pains come into play? Ah, uh, yeah, but I'd say you right. do. So, I say you do classic work, though. <laughs> Basically, it's down to you're still sitting, or you're kneeling on floors, or you're sitting having a cup of tea, um, and you're in a draft or whatever. Where if you I go know. into the lakes of your German uh, um, retailers or whatever. You, you you have a canteen, you have indoor, I you're know. not getting wet. Yeah. You know, there, there is... You've got a decent loo to use and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying is that... Do you think the quality of the work will... Before I let you go, do you think the quality of the work will suffer now? Of course it will. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's obvious. I mean, the quicker you can throw a wall up. I mean, a wall should only go up a certain height and then you need to stop because... If you get a wind against that wall, it could uh, shift it, right? But the block layer, and he's right, he wants to get paid by the block. So if you want a 20-foot wall, he'll build you a 20-foot wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it also, and, and you know, a lot of this is the reason why we've been talking about cowboys a few weeks back. People who will come in and do jobs, take money, leg it, do crap work, half finish them. You know, that gives them an opportunity to make hay as well, doesn't it? Well, the, yeah, but the cowboys are always there and the lobbies will be there. No, you but know? you see, the now people will be driven towards them, looking at Facebook ads so. and getting, you know, more so than more ever. So. More so. Okay. Definitely. Okay, so not very optimistic of the future then? Well, no, no, no at the same time, like I said, I don't like to see it. I don't right. like to see it coming. Right. But at the same time, you've got to be realistic. If we were really realistic that back in 2008... Maybe we wouldn't have fell off the cliff there either. All right, fair play to you. Okay, listen, thanks for stopping by, Colin. Thanks for taking the call. No, no problem. Cheers. Okay, so a bit of a bit of a, a worry and a bit of a warning. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that he's not optimistic. I'll tell you somebody who is very optimistic. And I meant to do this uh, back end of last week, uh, actually Monday, but I didn't get an opportunity at the time. Podrick Hoare in The Examiner wrote the most fantastic piece. He obviously went for a stroll uh, around the city centre and wrote a beautiful piece and went into some of the traditional businesses on side, chatting to the staff and the owners of it. It was a fabulous piece. I mean, if, if you weren't inspired after reading his piece about the city centre going forward, where they say that city centres are written off, uh, then you need your head examined because he was saying things like that the city... I'll come back to all of the trade stuff later, but he says that the city has a village feel in a modern city centre. He says, we've loved this wonderful city centre for hundreds of years and people have not fallen out of love with it. He just joins me by phone just briefly. Padre, good morning. Uh, Good morning, Neil. Thanks very much for those uh, lovely comments. I suppose Um, what I wanted to say really was, 
well done. I thought it was a beautiful piece and it was fabulously written and I felt great after reading it because all we're hearing about is, as you say in your piece, Gap Closing, Debenhams, Monsoon, Oasis, Topshop, Topman, Miss Selfridge and Warehouse. But they don't define Cork City. And, and that's it, is, is that, look, you know, we'd be naive to think that there is not a crisis in retail across, you know, not just Cork, but across the world, is, is that we're all using online shopping more and more because it's more convenient. That's just human nature. But at the same time, as you said uh, yourself, as I took a stroll uh, down last week, and my friend who works night shift um, in, in a pharmaceutical plant, he says he can't decompress until he goes into town after uh, a night shift and goes for his stroll around. So I said, you know what, no. I'm going to do that therapy that he recommends. So I did, and I can see exactly what he meant. You know, going inside, talking to like the Tim Mulcahy and the Chicken Inn, and, (laughs) you know, getting his knowledge on turkey burgers, which I find foul at the best of times. (laughs) No, you're better off getting a turkey breast. (laughs) Yeah, someone like Tim then will will, will set you right, you know, is is that getting your bread from from Sheila Fitzpatrick in in ABC. And and, and then I said, you know, okay, let's let's walk the the length and breadth of, of... Patrick Street and, and, and see and even the much maligned vape shops Neil which you know people people have a crib about is that I, I full confession full disclosure I happened to vape myself so I took a stroll into the vape shop and the lads inside are fabulous people you know and, and I think what I mentioned in, in the piece Neil is is the buzzword the jewel these days is emotional intelligence what's that mean Patrick? If you want to be a leader, you have to have emotional intelligence, you have to have this and you have to have that. Basically, as far as I can see, it just comes down to actually being able to relate to people, being able to talk to people. And some of our retail people here in, in Cartmill, I would beg to, to think that um, anyone who has actually gone into management or, or leadership, who's become a great manager or leader in Cork or even beyond, has probably had some experience in retail as a youngster uh, in the likes of... of uh, Cork City Centre, etc., because they know how to relate to people. It's a, it's it's an art. It's a skill. It's a vocation uh, for people that uh, that work here in Cork. I mean, I mentioned just a, a few people that that I've come across down through the years. I mean, you know, you have the likes of, of Tom Murphy Menswear who are taking you know measurements from people over in Australia and sending over suits via via FaceTime and all these kind of things. It's fabulous. The likes of, of John Wallace inside Morley's uh, Formal Hire. I mean, John Wallace must have 27 hours in the day because the amount of time he'll actually spend talking to customers about their lives, etc., and sympathising with them on, on the loss of, you know, loved ones, etc. It's, it's just... It's and they'll take the time to know whether it's the difference between a wedding suit or a morning suit, you know, for a funeral. It absolutely is that he just has, as I said, that emotional intelligence. But as John would say, I just know how to talk to people. <laughs> you know, it's... And, and I do think is that, OK, while we are moving online more and more and we're, you know, hollowed out city centres, etc., is that there is a core, there is a spine, there is a soul here in Cork that we surely have something good to work with. So there's a very interesting concept, Neil, if I could just speak about it quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, yeah. Power, it's called the power of 10. It was uh, put onto, uh, the concept was, was put to me by a very interesting guy uh, here in Cork, actually, uh, of Mehill Architects. His name is Patrick O'Toole, and he was telling me about this concept of the power of 10, in America, where they decide to utilize public spaces, um, but these public spaces would have to have um, 10 uses. So we'll say, you know, somewhere for children to play, somewhere for, for somewhere to eat, um, you know, uh, somewhere for, for stalls, and things like that. 
uh, and this very successfully, one example would be Bryant Park in, in New York City, in Manhattan. Mm. Now, Bryant Park was a dump, a real dump back in the day. But if you go to Bryant Park now, you'd actually spend a day or two there, and you'd spend a few quid in your local retailers, etc. You'll see kids playing, and you know, on grass and frisbees and swings and slides and the most gorgeous coffees and pizza slices and all that kind of thing. So, look, I'm not naive. I don't think that um, you know the the heyday of of Patrick Street, all that kind of thing, is is going to come back anytime soon. It won't be the same. Uh, but at the same time, if you've got that soul, Neil. Then why I, not you utilize that and and enhance what we have and as you uh, as as we said is is that that village feel um, that we have here in Cork it's something special and we see that more so than ever now because all of the major stakeholders got behind adapting the city you know with regards to outdoor dining and pedestrianization and I think to some extent you you feel free to jump in on this there's a young generation now who are also going into the city because they're going in for the food options and the couple of drinks outdoors or the cocktails and they're perhaps getting to see the city and maybe f- getting the feel of this village atmosphere within the city perhaps for the very first time Absolutely, and and look, is is as I said, is that what we know the traditional side of things is, is probably gone forever. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we have to discard the baby with the the bathwater. I mean, why not keep some of that that fabulous traditional element? Of, as you said, adapted to a, a younger crowd. Is I mean, we'll say just take for instance a person going in for a haircut into into Cork City. Is that you know barbers and hairdressers these days are absolute artists. I mean, so young people take their hair very seriously. So if you're going in for a haircut, we'll say, for your hour appointment, because it's no longer just a blade to all over and you're done, it's, you know, you're going in for, 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 for special treatment by uh, a barber or a hairdresser. Yeah. Okay, yeah. how can we encourage those people then, once their hair is done and they're looking fabulous, to stay in, in Cork City and, and look around at a offering for another hour or something like that. And all those hours add up to euros and things like that for our traders. Uh, that they can, uh, you know, in, enhance their, their their offering and keep going because it's that kind of soul, as I said, is that if it means re- rediscovering our soul, uh, you know, us older people might have, um, might know about it uh, down to the, the decades, but there's no reason why our younger people, as you said, um, by discovering these new things, is the indoor dining, etc., cannot cannot discover what we've known and loved for generation. Which is good old-fashioned conversation, taking the time to ask how people are. Good old-fashioned service from behind the till. That's why you were getting things like long time no seeks, kid, or how's the family? Um, you know, things like people discussing the weather. Tell your mam I was asking for her, you know. Like, you, you'd have a lot of those menswear shops that would have clothed four or five generations of families, isn't it true? You know, the likes of, of Con Murphy's, for instance. Absolutely, and is is that and, and like, could you really tell me is that well, you know, those guys have to shut down because we have a whole new model of of working, you know, of of shopping, etc. Is that that to me just seems it seems madness really because you can't you can't it's 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 an inherent kind of it's an intrinsic quality that these people have and they pass it on to us and. They make us feel better about ourselves. Oh, without a doubt. I always meet people when I go into the city. I always get stories. I always get a laugh. You know, it's just... You found that the soul is still intact then and you got it on probably a good sunny day as well, did you? I did, to be fair. Look, it can be different, you know, as I suppose, if it's grey or if it's grey and dreary, etc. But then again, it's that if it is grey and dreary, these are the kind of people that will cheer you up. 
I see no downside to, to strolling into the city. But look, we're, we're not naive. There are problems. Is that we have dereliction, uh, which the likes of, of uh, Dr. Frank O'Connor and Jude Sherry have have uh, highlighted uh, very well uh, in the city. I was talking to uh, to the housing uh, junior minister yesterday, Peter Burke, who was on a visit actually to Prince. Uh, yeah, you just Prince love politicians. He he said something along the lines of, "I'm going to solve this," didn't he? Well, he kind of, yeah. <laughs> look, I suppose, is that you expect nothing less. Than I, know, I know, I know. I suppose won't shrug their shoulders. But look, they are talking about bringing proposals to Cabinet about maybe filling um, above the, above above the shop apartments, things like that. And look, I suppose there's no panacea to bring back the old model. It's not coming back. But at the same time, is that if these measures can be taken, well, it gives us a fighting chance. Well, it got a lifeline, didn't it? The pedestrianisation, the outdoor dining, stuff like that. That gave it a shot in the arm, undoubtedly. Absolutely, and look, skeptics like myself uh, about the plan, a ban at the time, it was thinking, you know, the, the, the 3 to 6 p.m. thing, oh, it's going to drive traffic to the Keys, etc., this and that. And look, those concerns were very real for people, but I think on the whole is that, you know, when car people accept something, they just accept it, and I find that, you know, from 3 to 6 strolling around Cork City, that's actually my favourite time to go now. Uh, I hope that, I hope that following our conversation this morning, more people will be tempted to go in and do the pan a stroll. It's an inspiring article. Thanks for coming on board this morning, Podrick. It's a great article. Thanks for sharing it. Cheers. Pleasure as always. Thanks, Dave. Podrick Hoare, journalist with the Irish Examiner. You know, talking about things Cork or things Irish, you know, I was talking yesterday with Regan, who was originally from North Antrim, I think he's from Cross McGlen and spent some time then working, living down in Cross Barry. Now he's in Chicago, listens to this program every day. We had a good chat yesterday. He was saying stuff along the lines of Americans aren't going to come to Ireland. There's too much confusion. They're going to go on their holidays to other parts of Europe now because they can make more sense of it. That was the gist of his conversation. Anyway, he came back to me and he said, Neil, after I talked to you, Killian, who's on the air on Red, made a remix of our conversation last night. And it was brilliant. I was coming out of Detroit in the truck, heading back towards Chicago, and I always listened to Killian's Late Show and then the repeat of your show. But his mix, his song, was class. I think if it goes viral, we could split it three ways. I also think ye and Killian can start uh, your shows with the remix you made. You need to play it. I swear to God I was jamming all the way back to Chicago last night in my truck to that wee tune. He's a legend. Love the show. Keep up the good work, lads. Regan, from North Antrim, now in Chicago. Apparently, uh, there was part of the conversation with me and Regan yesterday referred to the fact that he loved listening to Killian Pettit's show as well. So Killian did his thing, as only he can do, because he's a class act when it comes to, uh, you know, remixing and editing and packaging things together. This is what he came up with. Good morning. Lines open at one 106 The great Regan driving his truck in Chicago. How are you, my man? Good night yourself. Thanks for listening overseas in Chicago. We listen to you every night at 7 p.m. We get you after the Killian show. We get you after the Killian show. We get you after the Killian show. We listen to you every night at 7 p.m. We get you after the Killian show. We get you after the Killian show. We get you after the Killian show. The great Regan in Chicago. We get you after the Killian, 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 Killian. The great Regan driving his truck in Chicago. In Chicago. 
in Chicago. We listen to you every night at 7 p.m. We get you after the Killian Show. We get you after the Killian Show. We get you after the Killian Show. We listen to you every night at 7 p.m. We get you after the Killian Show. We get you after the Killian Show. We get you after the Killian Show. To everybody else that listens online overseas. Thanks for listening. Killian Pettit, you're a genius. Check him out. Killian Pettit, the late shift, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. to 1 in the morning. He's the man. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Yes, lots of different texts and emails. Mark Willington actually got in touch with some pharmacies and uh, chatted with many of them. Here's a, just a selection with regards to, uh, there was a big hoo-ha about the rollout of the, the vaccine in pharmacies for the 18 to 34-year-olds. The only probably was that many of the pharmacies didn't have many. Some had none at all among Monday morning. Uh, he got into, here's just an example of three of them. Blewitts and Clonakilty, the pharmacy, are administering, but they're fully booked out. They got 50 vaccines. 25 of them went to the over 50s and 25 went to the 18 to 34s. So they were gone like that. They're expecting 50 more at the back end of this week, but they have many hundreds on the waiting list. Burke's Pharmacy in Mayfield. We received 50 vaccines to be given to the over 50s two weeks ago and we have received none for the 18 to 34s. We are taking names, but we're not making any promises. We've been told we might receive some by the end of the week, but no guarantees. So this is the kind of stuff that's going on. Falvey's Pharmacy on Bridge Street uh, received 50 vaccines to administer to the 18 to 34-year-olds and they began vaccinating um, probably on Tuesday, yesterday. They had roughly 500 people on the waiting list and it's being added to all of the time, but they have no word on when they'll receive the next batch. So with over 500 uh, on the waiting list and they're growing every day, they got 50 vaccines uh, with the promise of more. But when? I don't know. Do you remember the chap who got the engagement ring back? And he, um, I read it out for you on Monday's program. It was quite funny, actually. And I think he dodged a bullet with getting married to the girl he was describing, if his description of her was accurate. And I was wondering, um, do women, when a relationship doesn't get to marriage, do they always give back the rings? Anyway, your one was saying, that's the ring I want. If I don't get that wing, a ring, I don't want any ring. Uh, he had to sell his car to buy. That was part of the conversation. He had to sell his car to buy the five grand's worth of ring. Um, regarding the engagement rings, the girl wore the ring for six years. I didn't know engagements lasted six years. They do sometimes. I've often spoken to people with really long engagements. Uh, by God, that guy with the ring, he should be down on his knees thanking God that he didn't end up with that woman. He would have had a life of misery. Hopefully he'll eventually find a nice, decent person that would be happy to be with him. Even if it was a barn brack ring. You should put your love on the price of material. You shouldn't put your love on the price of material things, says Marie. Uh, and one final one. If the guy bought the ring and the relationship breaks down, then the wedding is off. Legally, the girl has to give the ring back as it's a contract of marriage that you've entered into. If the marriage doesn't go ahead, the contract is broken and the girl doesn't own the ring until her wedding day goes ahead, says Desi. So she's only borrowing it on her finger until they actually get married. So it's, Desi says it's actually a legal a contract and the contract isn't fulfilled until the wedding. If the wedding doesn't happen, then you're legally obliged to give it back. Thank you for that. I've no sympathy, Neil, for the hospitality services in Ireland. They are ripping people off. I was away for the weekend in Killarney lately with my friend. We paid 330 euro room only in a hotel for one night. Seems like a lot. It really does. I mean, I think maybe something in the region of, you know, room only. 160, 170, maybe change out of 200, 330 seems like a lot. Uh, I don't know whether it's a three star, four star, or five star. Anyway, 330 for the room, room only. 
No breakfast, no dinner. We had four cocktails and four vodkas in a pub in town. The four cocktails and the four vodkas cost us 80 euro. I nearly dropped. I have since booked return flights to Spain for less than the price of those four drinks. And I would never book a breakaway in Ireland again. I mean, that's astonishing. One night in Killarney for the room and uh, four drinks cost you uh, 410 euro. That's an awful lot of money, isn't it? Before you ever had a bite of food. Uh, No wonder the Americans don't want to come here. Even the local people don't want to be here. Completely ridiculous rules making absolutely no sense to us. It must make zero sense as well to Americans. Tourists eating and drinking in hotels, looking out at the locals, trying to do the same thing in the rain. Great country we live in, all the same, says Brian. Morning, uh, overseas travel. Well, mainland Spain's closing time is midnight at present but it will be moving to 2 a.m. this coming weekend. And there's been no requirement to wear any masks outdoors since June 26. Well, we actually don't have a requirement to wear masks outdoors either. And we never actually did. Um, They must have been much more... Actually, they were. I remember talking to people on air saying that at one stage there were masks on the street as well. They had the army on the street. The COVID cert is EU law. They can't deny us free movement as EU citizens. If Hulhan had his way, we'd be locked down forever. So it's it's not up to the Irish government to say whether you can travel or not. A COVID digital cert is an EU law and we're covered by EU laws. And there's that and many more. Somebody's suggesting that we should talk to McCarthy Insurances with regards to the fact that there's been a 50% drop now in the amount of money paid out for personal injuries claims. And you might be able to find out if insurance companies might drop their premiums accordingly. Perhaps Paul Kavanagh and McCarthy Insurance could tell you on behalf of brokers, says Anthony. My son was in town on Saturday night having a few drinks by electric. Uh, oh, I sorry, I read this out yesterday. This is the one where they were down by electric and they claimed that the, it was the guards told them to move down to the marina. And then there was that awful incident where 12 fellas battered and kicked a Frenchman on the ground. Uh, literally, I mean, that's the kind of carry on. Um, so there's, I think there might be a call on that as well, which uh, I'll come back to again a little later on this morning. But uh, Gerlin is standing by. I hope pronouncing the name right. So is Emma. But first up, Adam. Adam, thanks for holding. Good morning. You hear me all right? Hello. Adam, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about tradespeople this morning, trying to get quotes for different work done in the home. What's your own situation? So um, a couple of weeks ago, we built the next well, we built the next thing to make the last to go on with the last kind of two years I suppose over everything that's after happening yeah uh, and this basically we're moving our old kitchen out to the extension uh, so we're getting a whole new kitchen um, and we got a local man um, uh, who I'm friends with and said he'd look after us uh, basically the kitchen was costing us 15,000 euro so um, I nearly had a stroke when I heard that price. But it was, it's been made and everything, is it? It's been made and the, the, it's a stone countertop we're getting, etc. You know, all the appliances and all that. Complete new build, like, you know. And that includes the appliances? That was including the appliances and all, yes, that's correct. And you nearly got a stroke? Ah, sure, God. 15,000, we'll be living on bread and butter for the next year. That's, right? the, that's the kind of money you pay for a half-decent kitchen now, particularly if you're putting <laughs> in, the, like... You're getting the, ho- the the oven, the hob, the extractor. The, what else are you getting for yeah. that? Uh, fridge, freezer, dishwasher, uh, quartz countertops, the whole lot. Like all the self-closing doors and shelving and all sorts of stuff. Like yeah, that. fancy old mud cans, you know. That's you'll pay fifteen grand all day for it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're paying for it now, and but uh, um, sure, like three, three, about three grand of that is the is the um, the the white goods, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, okay. I know yeah. they're saying in my year now that I'm talking rubbish. The fifteen grand is a lot. So what do I know? Anyway. Yeah, but sure. Look, <laughs> but anyway, um, so it started off. We got we got uh, my friend to come up and measure up, etc. Who we thought we were going through the company that he worked for at the time, um, and he measured up anyway. And he, we just we just thought he was kind of. I don't know, look, he wasn't really, he was kind of pushing stuff onto us. Um, so I started by him not answering calls and texts and he'd come up, he could come up at 8 or 9 o'clock at night and do a measurement. And then he looked for, um, so then he said to us, could we go and pick up the appliances ourselves? So I said, we're, we're giving you the money to do the job. Like, we don't have time to be running around the place as a man said. So he sent on the links to the Dwyer's Electrical to pick up the, to pay for the appliances. Yeah. So we, we paid for that. We covered that ourselves. Um, and then it was the countertop in the stone, Hickey Stone. He wanted us to go out there and pay for that ourselves. So no problem. We went out. We organized that. So next thing he looked for €6,000 um, six weeks ago up front, which was no problem. We transferred it into his bank account. And the date for fitting was last Friday. Uh, and as as the couple of weeks went on, we kind of started, he wasn't answering the phone, he wasn't texting us, we we couldn't get answers off and we didn't know what was going on exactly. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. And uh, so it turned out to last Friday, I got a phone call from him saying he couldn't get the doors for the kitchen for another six to eight weeks and he had only found out Friday morning. So he was making the kitchen, was he? He was actually Correct, doing yeah, the carpentry yeah. work and the joinery and stuff like that, yeah? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, so I couldn't, I was kind of baffled. I said, like, you, you're you ringing me on the day you're sitting to say you only found out that you can't get the doors for another that's six to eight weeks. That's messy, yeah. Oh, that's messy, yeah. So, so look, I obviously had to speak to the boss at home and, and uh, look, we, we said, look, we'll proceed on anyway. Um, and we get the carcass in and we get the countertop measured and get that fitted. Look, we'll suffer on. I'm in construction myself, so I do, I do know there is shortages of materials and stuff. Um, so uh, he said he'd come on Monday and start fitting, which the day Monday was the appliances being delivered, which he asked me to get them delivered that day. So Monday came, appliances came, delighted, everything was running small, text himself. And left a few phone calls, nothing back, nothing back. Got a phone, a message at half past five saying, um, won't be in court till half eight. Um, need to need to talk to you. Yeah. And what was the so, conversation? <laughs> the conversation was me seeing red and uh, basically saying, I, I either want my kitchen fitted or give me back my money, basically, because messy. it's yeah. going on, it's going to be very messy. So, so he said he can't deliver the kitchen. So he had six thousand euro, and on the day of the fitting, which was pushed out and pushed out all along, he said he couldn't deliver the kitchen. He's just under too much pressure, and he can't do it. Trying to juggle, so, trying to juggle all these different jobs. You see, all these balls in yeah. the air. You can't keep them all I, up forever. I, t- I think he took on too much, but at the same time, the way we were treated, like we were paying top dollar um, for a service that we ended up going out and all, like, and 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 provide, like, we had to pay for. The appliances ourselves. We have to okay, so did you get your money back? 
Yeah, he, to be fair, no. Look, ah, yeah, let's be fair. The guy just, yeah. ah, he just got too many, again, as we say in Cork, too many balls in the air. So you're left with all of the, the white goods now and no kitchen. Yeah, all the way, yeah and two small kids. With the so we've no sink, we've no nothing. No, we're, we're after since sourcing from a, a reliable company in Cork City, um, who who is looking after us. To be fair, they're, they're getting us out of the. Does anybody sell you a kitchen and install it? Like they just do the whole job. Like you go in there and you say, "I want that kitchen. How much is it? Fifteen grand. Will you fit it for me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are the there kitchen suppliers do they? Yeah, yeah. M- yeah much cleaner, sure. much cleaner job, isn't it? Oh, less less hassle. Let me tell you, but like less hassle. Yeah, like the the stress and the pressure that we've been under and the tension at home from the whole from the whole experience is just it's it's it's, it's a disgrace. Like yeah, you know, I know. And also, um, you probably fallen out with your buddy. Yeah, like to be honest, yeah. Look, I, I like I I was only trying to give him the business. Um, I didn't realize at the time he was going to take me on as a first thing. So, but still, in all, it was a lot of money to be given a fella. To, to be kind of messing around. I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I appreciate but, you taking the call, but you're sorted now, are you? Yeah, thank God. A good, a good reliable company in the city is after coming on board to us, you know? All right, my man. Well, good luck with it. You love it because the kitchen's the focal point of the home, isn't it? They say yeah. selling a house, it's the only thing that people look at, really, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what they said last night when they were giving us the tap. <laughs> for the price of it. Well, can I just say one of What is it? One of those? T- is it one of those taps that gives you boiling water? I, I you know what? Now I just saw the price of it last night, and I, I had another stroke. But we got it anyway. I think that's the one regret because we got a new kitchen there a few years back, and um, they offered it, and for some stupid reason, I turned it down. You know the tap? It's got the big faucet, yeah. the big huge big one, and it gives you freezing cold water or boiling hot water. I don't know why in the name of God I turned it down. I regretted it to this day. So if you have a chance to get one of them, get it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Can I just say one more thing there on the construction, Neil? I'm I'm on construction myself. Uh, I'm to be honest, and and at the moment, there, there, people don't realise it, but there's actually a Celtic tiger going on, and and like it, it it's climbing still at the moment, and it does just going to be the arse is going to fall. That's what Colum said. Colum's a carpenter joiner. He was just saying that a while yeah. ago. Forty five years in the trade, he says this is going to collapse. Yeah, this is not substantial, like for anybody. Um. Like the, the the lumber, the price of lumber. See, the lumber they stopped cutting lumber all over the place during the lockdown, and the, 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 there was people doing work at home, so they were it was just like supply and demand. No, they're cutting lumber; they can't even get it back up the natural levels because it's going out the door so fast again. Right. And the price of it, timber is actually going up again in the next in the next month. Hold on a second, there, will you? I think you. I think is your partner's name Emma? No, it's Haley. <laughs> Haley, is it? Hi Neil, how are you? What do you think he's getting away lightly? What do you mean? I think he's like forgetting some of the key points of the story. Uh, Adam, this is the boss now. I'm going to get the real story. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, I, I think Adam went on a bit too much about the the whole price of the kitchen. He can't understand. Yeah. I mean, he, he he can't understand why anyone would spend fifteen grand on a kitchen. <laughs> Uh, I get it. It is a lot of money, but look, it's something that's going to be in your house for a long time. But uh, the point, really, that I wanted to get across is that we asked this person who was taking on the job to deal solely with me because Adam didn't want anything to do with it. And he would never take calls from me or he'd never respond to my messages. 
He just um, got he got swamped and overwhelmed, and there's a small little part of my soul that feels sorry for him. You know, you probably don't want to hear that, but I, I felt he just had an issue dealing with a woman. First of all, <laughs> that makes no anything, sense because all of the trades in the home deal with the women. But any my contacted him, he'd ring adamant and give out about me. <laughs> That is true. To be fair, All right, okay. Well, anyway, I, I, are, are you okay with the where you're at now? Getting it finished. Oh, the company we're dealing with now is fantastic. Getting and it's it all done. Great, but, but like, I'm not sure if I missed the part that Adam told you that we had no sink or anything. No, he did say that. that. No, you're up in a heap with two small kids. I understand that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but it's going to be worth the wait because it's the one room that I find it's like a magnet to everybody. Always the kitchen. You know? Oh, completely. It's the heart and soul of the house. It certainly is. And I'd love to see a photograph after it's finished. Can I'm we give him a plug? Now, who's doing the work for you? Kel- no, Kel- Interiors. Okay. Are they a good car company, yeah? yeah it's like Douglas there, Neil. Celtic Interiors have started a fight. Hi- hi- highly recommended. And and Hayley, did you get the yeah. hot and cold tap? <laughs> Did I get the hot and cold tap? You, you, I you, got a very fancy tap yesterday, Neil. Yeah, it's but does it give you does it give you boiling hot water where you can no, just no. ah you missed the bus there? I missed out. I think everything just came on top of us then because we got none of those choices first place with that other person because obviously we s- weren't dealing with the company which we didn't know. Are they self closing just- doors? Yeah, yeah, the light ones that don't make the noise. They're brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, really and, good. Especially did, you get, when you small kids. did you get a silent dishwasher? The one that you don't even know it's on? <laughs> no, we didn't know about that now either. <laughs> don't, don't be encouraging her anymore. No, I, need, I need to go into DIY and home decor, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I, think I, go into kitchen, I think I go into kitchen design advice consultancy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, off you go. Congratulations. At least you got it sorted. Well done. To, what do you call them? Kitchen interior, Celtic interiors, is it? Celtic interiors yeah, and Douglas. Yeah. All right, take care. Thanks for taking the call, right, both of you. Cheers, Hayley. Cheers, Adam. Uh, text coming in here. Text 0868104106. Maglin Kitchens, a fabulous too. If someone's looking for another recommendation for kitchens and wardrobes, Philip and the gang are top class. That's interesting because I'm looking for those, um, oh, feck it, what are they called? Slide roby things? Those fecking wardrobes are, they're just dirt collectors, aren't they? Wardrobes, it's the slidey ones you want. You get the whole wall. Anyway, why am I talking about that? Oh, yeah, uh, the trades. Um, and it'll all end in tears. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And you can pick up the phone on one 850 Emma, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? We just went off on one this morning talking about the trades, uh, not being able to get quotes, people not turning up um, because they're just so damn busy. What's your own experience? Um, we're having trouble getting a tiler. Um, we just got a brand new house. It's a three-bed semi-D and we're waiting about a year and a half for it. Now, it didn't come with any flooring. Um, we were lucky enough that we had somebody to do the wood floors and things like that as soon as we went in, so we're sorted with that. But about like maybe eight or ten weeks ago at this stage, I started contacting um, a tiler. Um, He had done my brother's whole house and I was happy with the work he had done. So I just said, look, I'll book him in. 
Um, I kind of like the house. I mean, originally it was supposed to be ready in January, like, but the house they were it was supposed to be ready uh, the start of June. So I told him that it was kind of mid April, maybe when I got on to him first. So I said start of June. He was like, "Yeah, grand. Let me know as soon as you get a date, as soon as you get keys or whatever, and I'll come and have a look." Yeah. So I was I was in contact with him then on and off when we were going for the snag and any kind of updated information we were getting about the house closing or anything I was passing that on to him. So were you in control? Saying, you know, this the, you were looking after everything yourself, were you? Yeah. So he yeah, um, and and he was saying, look, um, buy your tiles or whatever, but don't buy any of the materials. Like he wanted to to get his own grout and adhesive and things like that that he works with himself. And perfectly like, normal. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly normal. Yeah, yeah. So I I didn't buy any of that. So like in my head, he was more or less. I mean, not not booked solid, you know, with me or anything like that. But like we we were having a conversation over a number of weeks, and obviously like things always kind of get delayed at the end with banks and drawdowns and things like that so I was keeping him informed and we didn't get the keys in the end till um, the kind of the end of the third week of June so it was about two two or three weeks after I had originally told him but you know I had been in contact with him so then the day we got the keys I told him straight away he was like yeah I'll come up I'll I'll take um, a look and give you a quote but just so you know now I'm booked out for weeks um, so I was like, all right, okay, you know, I didn't realise, I, I kind of thought, you know, he might be keeping a space for me. Did he say yeah. at any stage in the conversation, I had you I had you blocked off for the first week in June and it's now the third week in June? Uh, no, no, no. He, he did say like in a text, he was like, I can't book a definite date until you get the keys. And I was like, look, that's fair enough, but it will be, you know, like obviously the first week of June came and went and I was like, it will be imminent. It will be either in the next two weeks, you know, but like he, I, you know, he could have said at that stage, look, grand, but I've loads of other jobs booked. He never kind of made out that he was booking other things as well, yeah, you know, yeah. because if he had, I, I would have looked around other places. But anyway, he, you know, I said, look, I have the keys you can come up he was like grand I'll be up um, today I gave him the address he didn't show up the next day he was like oh I'll come today between one and half past he didn't show up and then um, I kind of gave him one more chance after that I was like look are you still interested are you still coming to look at the job um, I was like even if you could squeeze in like just the ensuite bathroom so that we could move in and have showers we, we don't mind if we have to wait a few weeks for the kitchen and the mm-hmm. other bathrooms and things and um, we just you know could you do the ensuite and it's a pretty small room I thought you know they might get because the, the bathroom's got marine ply and nothing else like yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's almost, almost it sounds if you're begging him, like just come and do the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there was one other day then that he said, Yeah, look, I'll be up so today and he, he didn't show up. So I started contacting other people then and other companies and I got recommendations from tile shops, but everyone is saying now they're booked out till October. And, you know, we've been, we're a year and a half waiting for this house. And, you know, we've two kids. We uh, we have to be out of our rental place. And and you, you know, contacted 20 tilers who all pretty much said 20, yeah. October at the earliest. Yeah, yeah. Go back to your man. Um, Go back to him. Because firstly, you got, you've seen his work and it's good. It's brilliant or it's very, you're very happy with it. Um, just go back and take the date, like even if it is two or three weeks. No? Yeah, but he like he. There's been three times that he said he's coming to to the house oh, to look, yeah, and he hasn't, he hasn't shown up. Shown you know, up. so. Um, and what are all the tylers saying that it's October at the earliest, but they won't even come and quote? 
Um, yeah, some of them are saying, yeah, I will come and quote. We're not available till then. I'll come and quote. Um, I'll ring you back tomorrow to arrange it. And they don't. And like, I get it. They're busy. But, you know, I feel like I'm getting absolutely nowhere. And, and some fella came and quoted for the ensuite, which is two square metres of tile, not providing yeah. the tile because you have it. And to lay the, just to lay it in the ensuite, 550 euro. Yeah. It's big money yeah. to be made, isn't and there? That, yeah, and like the foreman of the house when we went in, he was like, make sure your tiler knows the walls and the floors aren't waterproofed. Um, so that has to be done. It's called tanking. And I was saying that to the man and I just didn't get a good vibe back from him. He was kind of saying, look, that's just a way for the tile shops to make money. You don't really need to do that. And all of this. Nah, so like, nightmare. You know, nah, nightmare. and the rental house I'm in has a leaky shower and nah. there's water coming down through the Listen, ceiling. Listen, believe so like, me, that's the last thing, thing you want because that will stink. Yeah, yeah. You get trap water in there and it will smell forever and you'll never get, it'll all have to be ripped out. Yeah. I just talk, I'm just talking, it's your first house, I'm talking from experience, you know. Yeah. You got to get those things yeah. right. Listen, I wish I had more time, but keep me up, keep me up to date on how things progress for you, will you? Yeah, I will do, yeah. Okay, and if, it, if there's any Tylers here, I'll pass them on, you can make up your own mind on that then, okay? Yeah, perfect, great, thank you. Cheers, Emma, back after 11. Hey, it's Killian. Join me Sundays from 10 for loads of music, a bit of chat and my mildly interesting facts of the weekend. It's the Sunday 10 to 2 show with Killian on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. See if we can brighten up your day with another one of our Maldon Hotel giveaways. Around about 10 minutes to midday, I'll open the phone lines and we have uh, two nights, a bed and breakfast, two people, the Maldon Hotel, Sandy Road in Galway, up west. Plan your dream escape with Maldon Hotels this summer. Book on www.maldronhotels.com. So today it's the Maldron Hotel, Sandy Road, Galway. Two nights, bed and breakfast for you and whomever you choose to take with you. And the three songs, of course, have to do with escape or holidays or outdoor or sunshine. So you need to identify artists and titles in the correct order. Please to have a listen. Even I know those. So hopefully you will too. So we'll open the phone lines in about 40 minutes time and away we go. So lucky, I just happened to open the post um, and I'd have missed this if I hadn't actually from Ballycotton. Lovely letter, uh, very short and sweet. Please would you wish Angela Maguire of Edward Walsh Road, Toker, a very happy 84th birthday today, 7th of July. She listens to the show every day without fail. And when it comes to your weather forecast, she swears by it. She's a loving wife, mother, grandmother, great-grandmother and mother-in-law. And we love you very much, ma'am. Thanks for everything. Thank you so much, Neil, if you can do this. It would make her day. And that came in to me for Shirley from Shirley Clifford, uh, wishing a very happy birthday to Angela Maguire in Toker for today. Happy birthday, Angela, and thanks for listening. Um, on some topics from the last couple of days, this is, this is just so beautiful. Paddy said, uh, we were talking yesterday on the air with Jeanette, who, who lost her mother, and he said... Much of what Jeanette was saying on the air, I share the same experience as that young lady. Uh, My wife passed away on the 26th of October 2020. I'm planting a rose bush that had been neglected um, and I'm using a cup of my wife's ashes. Now I can watch Marie grow and I can take care of the rose and I'll be happy to do so, said Paddy. Isn't that lovely? I mean, it's just so beautiful. It's just lovely in so many different ways. Thank you, Paddy, for sharing that. It's a very personal thing you're doing. 
And I'm all the better for you sharing it. Thank you. And Nicholas says, uh, I would just like if you could please mention my story on your show. I was at McDonald's and the Commons Road, 8 o'clock the other night. My partner and our two kids gave her order. And when we got to the window to pay, the lady working there informed us <coughs> that our food had already been paid for by cars, by car, by two cars in front of us uh, as an act of kindness. And all they asked in return was for us to pay it forward in the future. At first, we thought it was a joke, like we'd seen before on social media, but it wasn't. I was so taken aback by this beautiful gesture. I thought it was so nice. It really brightened up our day no end. But there are still some really great-hearted people amongst us. And we will definitely be paying it forward in the future. So perhaps you might get an opportunity to say thank you to them. We were the second car behind them, as I believe they also paid for the car in front of us too. Your kindness did not go unnoticed. Thank you, says Nicola. I was thinking, how did they know? But then, of course, I knew because you already had given the order in to the hookiha when you order going in. And so the car two ahead of you knew what your order was being and knew the amounts involved and were able to pay that way. I think it's fabulous. So that's the good. But unfortunately, we have the light with the shade and just one fast one. I don't want to come on here, but pub serving takeaway pints have an awful lot to answer for. I think this has something to do with uh, that bad beating the Frenchman got in down the docks, down the quays there at the weekend, Saturday night. Pub serving takeaway drinks have a lot to answer for. Since when did the docks become popular for drinking? Only during pandemic. No one would ever sit down there and drink. Only in the good old days during match days down the marina would you ever have people drinking in that area. The city has turned out to be a horrible place to go into. It was once a great place to hang out on a Saturday or meet up with people. Now you're constantly looking over your shoulder at night. No point in building all those fancy high-rise apartments and hotels when you can't walk around safely in the evening or at night. Such a shame because the city has huge potential. Thanks for that. I'm big into accentuating the positive at all possible. I don't find myself in the city at night, so I can't comment only from the stories you guys tell me. But certainly by day, it's a joy to behold. Back to the phone lines we go. Uh, a lot of people standing by. Tony, good morning. Oh, good morning, Neil. All right. Now, earlier this morning, I heard that uh, block layers were earning a grand a day. Rubbish, like pure rubbish talk. You know. Are you <laughs> a block layer? Like, a grand a day, I'm a block layer, yeah. Are you getting 180 a block? So we are, yeah, we're getting it, but sure, we've meant to pay insurance, you know, downtime, everything. Like, uh, one bale of blocks is a ton. So if you were to shift 400 blocks a day, a seven and a half ton, you'll be well, well versed in the morning when you get up after doing that. And you would you, would you do a bale a day? Ah, you would, like, look, you would do 250 blocks is the average for any man, you know? So... Black layers are earning, you know, 27, you're on all self-employed. The rate is 19 that way for a lad on PRSI. You know, so by the time you take the PRSI holiday paying everything out of it, he's costing oh, you 26 or 27 euro an hour. So that's the guy that's assisting and helping you? Yeah, yeah, if you were to so be like. Look, the problem is there's no boom. There's just a shortage of labour. No young fellas come into the trade with 10 years. You know, 2008, the crash, they left. I had lads, we'll say, several their time from 2004. They left and they went down to the likes of Stryker to get six or seven hundred quid a week, VHI, all the trimmings. They don't want to be standing in a hole 
laying blocks like. That's right. They know? get their they get their VHI. They get their gym membership. Yeah. They get their. I had a young fella the other day, and I said to him, "There's a job there for you." Yeah, I'm on the COVID payment now. He said, "And then look, I'll enjoy the summer when the COVID payment's over. I, I might come in then." You know, that's what you're up against, like. So look, rates are going up, and they need to go up. I mean, the law for bread was what a euro back in 1970, fucking five. But it's it, what it now, you know. Like people, your man is on about a granite top, like they're living beyond their means. Like you picked the, you picked the trimmings. You picked the worst. You picked the worst example of price comparisons you could ever come up with, because bread has got cheaper even though the costs well, of the ingredients has gone up. I mean... Well, you're talking about a sliced pan. I'm not saying which sliced pan, yeah. but... So anyway, that's a bad example. Well, uh, I, I served my time. And when I was serving my time, at £450 a week uh, when, I, when I was serving my time. And, like, if you equate that into euros now, like... You know, I was better off when I was serving me time nearly than we are now. Money hasn't gone up, like. You know when the euro came. You know when the euro came along. When the euro came along, we all got robbed by thirty percent of everything. We just yeah. got robbed overnight. I don't know why people weren't freaking out more because what was a thousand euro, a thousand pounds became a thousand euro, and they are not comparable. You know, certainly Look, we with, were getting a, we were getting a pound a block one time. Then the euro came in and the builders rounded it back to a euro. So you're that, only getting seventy nine cents. That's a typical yeah. example of what I'm talking about. Well done. Well done. Yeah. And was it also yeah. the case that thousands of thousands left the country from the trades? Oh, I sure they 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 left, uh, you know. They're gone. But uh, most of them are at home, they don't want to do a day's work because they can drive the dole and, and do a fox or pick up a few pounds down the door and pick up another 400 outside you 600 bucks you're living the dream sure why would you bother working yeah, like the problem is like that but don't uh, doesn't social welfare doesn't for what he's doing the working you man know? what the working man what the working man isn't getting enough for what he's doing our rate should be double we should be getting four euro a block because people think they can count the block they forget that the plaster is getting tough to euro square meter but sure, who knows what a square meter is he comes in there, he's twice the price of a block left to, to blast of the house, you know? So, like, people are being fooled. Any dummy can count the block, like, ten blocks long, five blocks high, you know? Oh, if it added up, she laid that in one day. But there's a labourer, there's a van, there's insurance, the revenue must be paid. It's as all the trimmings are being... Business, I know, but, like, 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 but, if you clear, but, but if you cleared all of those costs on the Monday... Should yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are profit? They're not, no. No way. Sure, it was raining yesterday. We were sitting in the van for four hours looking out the window in the middle of the summer, like. It was bad. I, I had six men with me, like, all have to be paid. The heat's into it. Six men, at, 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 like, say, give them 20 euro an hour. Sure, like, people are, like, it goes back to, they're building houses, 3,000 square feet, you know. Back in the day, they built a house, 1,500 square feet. Now, now they're wondering, why are they so dear? They're shoveling blocks and concrete into them at an enormous rate. But you is know, it... Engineers but, are designing uh, the buildings now. Everything is over-designed. Everything is rough foundations. The costs are just going through the roof. Insulation you know? and, uh, and energy awareness and stuff. But I, I also I came across... Price. I've come across housing estates now where they're using pouring concrete between two... two between sheets of... 
I, I don't know, Aeroboard, where there's no plants. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a Canadian, uh, you know, ICF houses. Yeah, they're grand, like, and there's nothing wrong with them. They're concrete in the middle, and, uh, you know... And the heating costs are close to zero. Well, they are, but look, a lot of that is rubbish as well. You, you have heat recovery, its electricity is, is powering it, so you're going to have a bigger electricity bill, you know? Like, you're putting the costs into this, like... So, I mean, you have a 400,000 euro house... If you build a house for 200 with less insulation, where are you going to spend the 200,000 on, on, on energy? Like, you're not. Be a long yeah. time, like. I know, yeah, I know yeah. It's kind of like a false economy, I know. I know. Yeah, but do, you, do, do, like, do, do social welfare not clamp down, or the dole, as we used to call it, clamp down on fellas you know, who are... They're afraid of people. They're afraid to, they're afraid to go out and police it, like, where we're living in a nanny state, like, where the walking man is only a second-class citizen. And, and, and the rest of them are walking around the street, either pain or an ache. Oh, there's something wrong with me. I can't walk. Like, get up off their holes and go do this. Walk. There's no to walk there. And that'll bring down the price of all the fellas cribbing about their granite walk tops. You see, they, they, they won't do it. They don't have to do it. You know? The government are hiding behind all this because you only crowd that vote and the crowd on the door. You know, the working man hasn't time to vote. And so you're saying that you can't get young people to go in to do apprenticeships yeah. anymore. Yeah. Can't get them. Yeah. Hold, hold on there. If, hold on there if you want. You got Robert Rowe, who is a regular of this program. He's also a mason himself all his life. Robert. Morning, Neil. Uh, you're talking about blocks now, not the Freemasons, no? Uh, well, Freemasons. No, no, I think that man is dead right there. Um, I'm like, uh, I think what the government should be doing is encouraging the likes of that man and myself to consider taking on apprentices. You know, give us some incentive to try and cajole the young fellas into the trade. Like, we have the skills. I'm 40 years building Neil. Like, I just have to have some skill to hand over to people, you know. And, like, these skills are going to die out if we don't... Um, train apprentices. Well, stone mace, stone, the trade of stonemasonry died out, didn't it? Well, I'm at it. Like I'm still, I'm still at the stone yeah, age, but yeah. I'm actually laying blocks now. Like I'm that, laying blocks now because there's a shot to block. You know, like I'm like I'm 61 years of age, and I'm laying, you know, blocks. Like are you making a grand a day, Robert? I'm, I'm not at all, Neil. That man is dead right. Like by the time, okay, by the time, like yesterday, now for example, no, I didn't start work till half past eleven, twelve o'clock. We're sitting inside the van all day looking at the rain. Yeah. Like, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I gave a physiotherapist 300 euros for physio for six weeks. Like, no, people don't understand at all. The because of what? Because of the outdoors, aches, pains, joints? Tennis elbow, back pain, sciatic pain, you name it, Neil, we have it. I mean, it's a tough game, like, you know, yeah. you want to be tough, like, yeah. you want to be tough to do this game, yeah. but I love it, mm. I love the finished product, I love working, I love meeting people, but the young people, as that meant... But you yeah. said, you want to encourage apprentices, but Tony says you that, that the lads don't want to work. The lads, I, I trained a lot of fellas in my time now, and I, to be honest with you, know, Neil, they were, they, were, they were good at the job, they, they liked that, but... When the when the bus came, Neil, that's you know, it went into our heads in that there was more security in factories, etc. Well, that's a typical example. I, I some time ago met a fellow who was in construction for many years. Well, when I say many years, about twenty seven, twenty eight, but he gave it up and he's selling cars for Curies now. You know, he just. Got- um, sure, I went after I went after driving coaches, Neil, for six years on tour. Yeah. You know, yeah. So the thing about it is, like, we have to do right? But now there's a there's a, a big a big shortage of black players now at the moment. 
and bricklayers and the hall masons. I mean, the woman on the other side looking for blacklayers down in Canakilty. She finds it hard enough to get a fellas to drive down to Canakilty unless she pays them travel money. You know, she'd have to guarantee them so much, you know what I mean, wet time, almost wet time. So she'd have to pay a lot of stuff like which... Uh, isn't we can't as a subcontractor we're not getting it but and when you're sitting in the van you have to pay the people yeah. sitting in the van with you don't you well at the moment Neil I have no one for me yeah but Tony I'm does like he's looking out at the rain he has to pay I the lot for him, yeah. I, was, I was there for, I was there for he was years ago Neil and I, I, I feel sorry for the men but hopefully you know he'll make a few pounds now like for the rest of the summer like and he'll be able to cover himself but I, the woman this morning saying that men are laying how many make you thousand a day yeah so my god I don't know I was questioning after us why she can't get black if that's what she's saying we're making Okay, lads, appreciate that. Thank you both. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Tony. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We got calls on the way. Uh, I just talked to Jim and then and then head for an ad break if you don't mind. But Jim's waiting a long time. Jim, good morning. You wanted to get in on? Um, you say bathroom costs. What What are you saying? You're a contractor, are you? I'm a contractor, but first of all, Tony was right there. No, in fairness to Mason, and if the Masons are up in arms or something wrong with the industry, but uh, they see it on the ground. But yeah, I was just saying about. No, he's country, refuting. He was refuting. First, he was saying you can't get young people to go into the trades. They get better well, deals. Yeah. Um, well, you know. They, 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 well, they, 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 they are doing a great system at the moment for a You can get them. And I think they're giving three, three grand if you're taking a printer's on. FOSS. They have a massive printer's program going, going if you went up on their website and look at it. Um, Do you say FOSS, is it? Not for us, uh, Solace. Solace, um, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah like I was on to the minister there two weeks ago and he sent me the full list of apprentices in the country um, and where they are. I can pass them on to you tonight. I have the full width of where they are, who's taking them on. And my only concern was the word apprentice and I was just asking the question, in four years' time when they finish their apprenticeship, you know, is it a real apprenticeship or are you a bartender that just got a title apprenticeship in Australia or Canada? And that was my concern for the department. But what's, what about the concern of people that people's houses are being built by apprentices? Well, no, my, my concern was that if people go into the hospitality and they get a thing called an apprenticeship, is it recognised by the Australian government and the Canadian government? I was only worried about the kids. So that in four years' time, if they wanted to go abroad... Would their, would their skill as a block layer or a carpenter... Like, well, yeah, I mean, to, to me, they were always a solid front of soups, you know, the mechanics and, you know, as chefs now and stuff like that, they were the solid things. And I, I just I was just wondering, was the hospitality sector mixing the old apprenticeship for cheap labour, you know? But I got a, I got the full print off the, the department, which were very good. I can send it on to you tonight. You can have a look at it yourself. OK, but on, on the other point then, you, you said a full bathroom would cost you eight grand. What do you mean by that? Well, if you went in a typical three-bedroom house, a gutto, take everything off, because normally the plaster comes off the wall as well when you take off the old tiles. Normally the old flooring boards are rotten, so there's no boards go down. You have electrical. You end up with a 1700 uh, bathroom with a power shower and a nice glass door, good modern uh, toilet and a lovely sink. Yeah, that's about eight grand's worth in the normal house. And if you want to do one under the stairs, generally works out at about four grand. That's what they're coming in at. Yeah, but how do how can people? It's hard for people to trust a price, you see, unless they unless they saw every single itemized bit of it. Yeah, but it doesn't work that like because look, some people will get a short train it's worth eight hundred quid. Other people will get a short train it's only worth three hundred. But I mean, get your cards right. There's a lot of places do it. I think there's a toy shop up in Holly Hill, there, PT toys. They do the full back, you know, fantastic old, you know, great yeah. toys. They yeah. were perfect. A lot yeah. of that go there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, the, the, the guys are there and you might have to wait a small bit for the good guy but 
So one but but you do know that. you do know that calls aren't being returned and the trades aren't quoting an awful lot of them and uh, those that are. Yeah, but even those that are, then they're they're looking for stupid money. Like we've stopped, we've stopped pricing. Like we just couldn't no one take any more on. But promos, you want to go promos? Promos cost a hundred euro on a call out just to come out, and you have to pay them for what they fix. You know, and it's you know it's a hundred euros an hour after they're afterwards. So that's one piece of it. That's just the way it is. Like I mean, if they're not going to reverse. And is it per- is perfectly acceptable to have a call out price just to look at a job? Is it? Well, it's, it, 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 should, it should be. Um, more, more times than not, when we do call-outs, we fix it when we're there anyway. Um, so, like, because we do, we do a lot of call-outs with the insurance companies. We're at this for years. But we they, they pay us a lot of the things. The insurance company, the, the client doesn't pay at all. You know, you have that in your policy. That's your call. No, but I, no, I understand, but I'm, ju- I'm just trying to equate around, say, something's wrong. Uh, you got a leaky tap or something, or there's a whatever. And it's 70 euro just to come to the front door. And then, then the clock means. starts. But what, what about the people that will bring you out? You could be around driving around all day for nothing. You have to charge something to arrive at the door. No, a lot of times you don't. You, do, you fix, the, fix the job and you charge them for that job while you're there. But like if someone that, sometimes you go to a person, they have a leak, but they want three prices. Why do you more concerned with fixing a leak? Ah, but that's only, yo, well, I understand what you're saying because that's, that's just there. messy. That's messing. But that's there. But so we're dealing with that. We're dealing with that full time. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, in the case, but then, in the case of somebody doing the job, would they deduct the call out? I'm just curious. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Right. That's the after And and look, you get a receipt for it. You can you can pay me back off your insurance. It does damage your ceilings and all that. It's not at all above board. Okay, all right. Okay, great stuff. You're so you're so busy. You're not even taking on work. No, we're not taking on more to shut down hopefully after Christmas. All There's right. no point even pricing with people because they're only upset now. Even if you were to say to them, I'll price the job, but it'll be 2022. Yeah, well, the other problem, Neil, is the price of material. It's going up, like, it went up 20% this month again. And it's gone up 20% last month. So you couldn't so, even give an accurate quote? Yeah, so we we're finishing jobs that we priced four months ago. No, we started one this morning. And there's, like, that's 30% of material. You take a house worth, we say, 300,000. That's like 40,000 gone into the house. And do you go and tell them that they have to pay 40 grand more? Well, a lot of guys are pulling out the contracts before they start. And they think they can either pay it or... Because there's no point falling out with the builder half or through the job. You might as well fall out at the start. Yeah, but if you went to someone and said, listen, I quoted blah blah blah, but now it's actually 40 grand more, and you explain to them why, because of materials and stuff... Well, if you're a builder and you go ahead and it's going to cost you 40 grand more to do the job, I mean, you're not moving in with the girl, you're not moving in with the boy. It's not your worry. Like... Hand it over. It is what it is. Talk to the government. And they, but they, 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 in the sense that they have no choice but to divvy up the difference. I did have no. Uh, I don't know how the contract works, but geez, I wouldn't advise anyone going ahead if they're going to fall down under. Don't need halfway through the job anyway, you know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just, I mean, it's just, I'm just, just curious. Like, I mean, you, you obviously, you obviously can't do it at a loss. I'll send you tonight. I'll send you tonight Brooks' uh, price rate, and you can see it this month alone: twenty percent on top of everything. All right, forty percent on top of some stuff. Send me on whatever you have. Appreciate it. Send it. Okay. Neil at redfm.ie. Cheers for that. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Tony. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red 
FM. And you can text 0868104106. Interestingly, I was watching one of the YouTube videos where an employer was saying that he was finding it difficult to get staff. I'm on PUP. I'm 52 years of age and I can't find anything other than low paid jobs. As an example, in 2004, I worked as a hotel night porter on 14 euro per hour. Those responsible jobs now are offering 11 euro per hour, 17 years later. Employers have questions to answer. Never mind those of us on PUP, says Gavin Hogan. Well done for saying that. It's all about getting, uh, you know, both sides of a story out there. Why would a job that paid 14 euro per hour, and it is a very responsible job, Hotel Night Porter, now be paying 11 euro per hour? Um, Questions need to be answered in that regard. Uh, listen to your show and the horrific stories of mistreatment of the elderly suffering in nursing homes, some nursing homes, this should be followed up immediately every time by the Gardaí with the support of your show taking the lead in following up these allegations and horror stories, it says Nullog. Uh, to the phone lines we go. John, good morning. Good morning, Nate. It was your, your grandson is or was an, an apprentice? Uh, he was an apprentice. I Just just uh, to let you know there, uh, why, why apprentices, why young people want to go into the trades, it just beggars belief because when this pop came in, when this pop Herman came in, um, he was uh, an apprentice and he wasn't entitled to any pop payment because he was under 18. So if you're under 18 and you're an apprentice, if you get sick, you're into, you have no entitlement, you get no payment at all. How long would that apprenticeship last? How many years would that be? It, it could be a four-year apprenticeship. So if, if most apprenticeships start at 16, 17. So... If any, for any reason that you're out of work, you're sick, or like the unemployment, the pop payment, you're not entitled to it because you're under 18. So okay. you have no... So what did no he do? Payment. What did he do? Well, he, he was uh, an apprentice carpenter there. He got an apprenticeship with um, a, a contractor. Yeah. And uh, he started there, uh, it was about four weeks ago, five weeks ago. And he was two weeks there, and after two weeks, he was let go because the chap took on uh, an apprentice carpenter from the village where he comes from. He left my my grandson go, and he took him him, him on. So he was entitled to nothing. No. Can you do, can you actually do that? I thought you would, that was a contract with the apprentice. No, you like uh, well, it, it was done. He was working in McDonald's at the time. He gave up his job in McDonald's to take on the apprenticeship, and no, he is nothing. So he's hoping to get a, 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 a job as a, an apprentice carpenter or a plumber. He where he's from the Blarney area, so he's out of work now again. So you can just you can try. just do that. Do that. You can take on an apprentice, have him for a few weeks. Somebody else comes along that you know. You let him go and you bring on the other fellow. That's what he done. We can't. We, he, he has no rights. He's. That's what happened. Is exactly what happened. That's um, that's I mean, that's very disappointing for something to happen like that. So, where, where's the encouragement for uh, young boys, uh, young girls, to go into the, the apprenticeship trades? So, does he, can he not go just back and look for another apprenticeship if people are crying out oh, for is, apprentices? He's, he's after answering uh, several emails there now in the last uh, couple of weeks, so he's hopeful maybe one of them might take him on. And you know an apprentice carpenter, what what would he be earning, say, for the four years? About, for the first year, about 250 a week. 
Is that into, yeah, that would be into his yeah. hand, like, there'd be no, yeah. It'd be, yeah, about 200. And does it go up then the second year and the third year and what have you? Oh, well, it would go up. No, they're great trades, a plumber and a carpenter, and, you know, I was getting up every morning uh, an hour earlier to bring him to work, and... That's, That's what granddads yeah. do, in fairness to you. But the only thing is, he finishes that apprenticeship, he becomes a fully-fledged carpenter. He'll make great money, oh, he for, the, he'll make oh, great money for the rest yeah. of his life, like, he really will. He will, and he can travel with it, and, you know, it's... That's very That's disappointing, very disappointing what happened to him. I hope that he manages to yeah. pick up another spot. I, I would like to know where that last chap uh, has that list, that list of uh, vacancies. I, I'd love to get my hands on that. I think oh, he oh, might. I think he well. might have. I think he might have got it on Solace, which would be Solace, the old. I contacted them before. Um, I have. I, if I look back my phone, I, I'd be able to tell you when. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to get a copy of it later by email, and I'll gladly pass it on to you. No bother at all. Yeah, I'm still waiting for Solace to, to bring me back. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I hope to get that list later on. Depending how long it is, I'll read out whatever I can on the air. But let me get it first and stay listening, okay? But you should, you should check out, Neil, about uh, their entitlements. If they're under 18, there is absolutely nothing there for them. Nothing, okay. All wrong, all but wrong. They'd have to live off their parents' income or whatever. All right, John, I hope it works out for your grandson. Thanks for taking the call. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. 106 text 0868104106. And always a big game tonight, tonight, isn't it? Denmark and England uh, ahead of uh, the big uh, semi-final showdown. But I thought it was very funny, Casper Schmeichel, um, playfully during the press conference, taken on, he was taken on one of the, you know, the, the sports reporters. They go on an awful lot about football coming home, you know, football coming home. You know, that's the term they use with the guys. They were doing the same thing for... The English were doing the same for the World Cup, if you remember. But there was some question posed to Casper. This is a clip of the audio. I thought this was... Because you have to see it more than anything else because he's got a cheeky smile. You'll be in, uh, particularly aware of the phrase, it's coming home. Now, <laughs> what would it mean to you guys to stop it coming home tomorrow night? Has it ever been home? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Have you ever won it? Sixty-six. it was home. Well, was that not the World Cup? Yeah, exactly. But I'm saying, but the, the whole thing about a national tournament finally coming home, finally the actual <laughs> success this country craves. Digging a hole, digging a hole, keep digging the hole. <laughs> Happens sometimes. You need to be, quite, you need to be careful of the questions you ask because sometimes the answers are just priceless. Uh, Geraldine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I'm sorry I didn't get to you sooner. I was touching on vaccines earlier on this morning, but I, I moved know, away. I so thank you for holding. Um, tell us well, about tell us about your mum. Uh, basically, my mum, she says yes, she has Alzheimer's. And she never got one injection yet. Now, I said this to the GP, and they said it's up to the ambulance crew. It was put forward, and they still never came, and I rang them again. And they can't do anything about it. Now, the home help, the six come in a day. Six? And... Six. All their other claims, they're all that's been injected. They're all done and on. And do you, like, I hope I'm not pressing questions on you now. But who, does no, your, no. where does your mum live? She lives with me. Okay, all right. She's living at home. I mean, there's young kids. I mean, the grandchildren are in. You know, like she's open to it the whole time, like. And why? 
can she? So you're saying that she can't go for it, like she couldn't go to the orthopedic, or she couldn't go to no. City Hall or Parky Cueve. No, she was in there with the bed for nine years. I know. She okay. can only use one finger and one thumb. She don't even know who we are. You know, but like she can't tell us when she have a pain. You know, and it, it's it's frightening. And so worried the whole time. And it's hard for family or fr- family or relations to visit her then because of the because of the risk. You're constantly watching the whole time. There's people want to come up, friends of mine to visit her, and they. Uh, do you know half the time you think, do they think I'm lying that they can't come up? Because you have to say to them, she's eighty-eight years old and not vaccinated, and they're saying that no, can't be right. No, it's terrible, like terrible. And without any names, surely she has her own GP. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest, her GP wouldn't be the greatest. She had the GP for years, but he's after retiring. And we, all day yesterday, we were trying to get on the phone again to the doctor. I mean, no answer. No answer. But surely it could be organised, because they're... Not everybody turns up for appointments, you know, and they have no-shows. And then a lot of GPs and clinics have a list of no-shows that they call people at the last minute kind of thing. Yeah, they won't, no. He, he said that the status to the HSE, it's in their hands. So and the chemist up here is booked out. I was going to ask them, would they just come down with a few doors and just give my mum the injection? But they're full up. But did you say that the only way that she'd get it is if somebody came and brought her by ambulance, is it? No, no. They'd have to come and give it to her. A paramedic would come and give it? Yes, yes. Surely that's doable. Yeah, it's gone on now for weeks and weeks and weeks. And could she get the one jab, Johnson? She could, but there's no one to give it to her. No one is willing to do it, like... But she's 88 years old. They were vaccinated months ago. Exactly, exactly. Me and my son's down there in their 30s. They're after getting there. My daughter got hurt. And there's my poor mum. Not getting hurt sick. So, I mean, like, she can't afford to get sick. No, no. Like, I mean, she, she had the palliative care last week. You know, it's... I think it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Well, I don't know whether... I'm not saying that it's intentional, but it seems as if your mother's just been forgotten about. I say she's had to fall in between the cracks at this stage. What about about the district nurse? The district nurse obviously calls, yeah? She came yesterday. And what does she make of it? She actually says go on to the radio station. And she's six home helps a day? Six. Six. Two two in the morning, two at lunchtime. And two at night. Well, I'm so delighted to hear that. You must be delighted with that. Oh, they're fantastic. I wouldn't be able to do it without them. They're fantastic girls. They take on a lot more than they should. They're so caring. I heard about the homes and everything. And I just said to myself, how lucky I am. All right. my mama home. Okay. And are you north side or south side, east or west? Oh, north side. Blackpool. Blackpool. I'm in Glen Heights now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I just don't know who to turn to now at this stage. It's a house call that's needed. It's a house call. 
And maybe the one and the one jab and it's done. Yeah. That can't be too yeah. difficult, in fairness. It just can't be too difficult. Do you mind yeah. if we call a couple of uh, GPs at 12 o'clock? Dr. John Sheehan comes to mind straight away. And then there's Dr. Nick Flynn amazing. and other people like that. And there's the HEC themselves. I, I mean, like, if, if I could fucking give injections, like I'm doing myself, but I don't have them, you know? I don't have them. I know. You know, know. But it seems like a 10-second like job. That's all. For an 88-year-old Cork woman born and reared yeah. on the east side, yeah? Yeah. A uh, good mother. A good mother. You can be sure of that. And of course yeah. you're worried and you want to do right by her. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, the, the, what is it now? It's a quarter to 12. We'll get on this straight away. You never know who might be even listening right now, but I, 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 I can go as close as I can to guarantee we'll get that sorted. It has to be sorted anyway. You're very good, Neil. All Thanks right. very much. And you have a brilliant show. Thanks, Charlene. We'll, every morning. Okay. You're very good. And thank you for that. Okay. We'll be back to you. All right. Cheers for now. Thanks, Neil. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. At least you've shared the story, so that's half the battle. We're halfway there. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Just heard you talking yesterday to Ebenezer Jones, the man who protested at Paddy Powers. That all worked out in the end. Ebenezer's name reminded me of a story about 10 years ago when I was 18. Myself and my friends were out and couldn't get in anywhere. Ebenezer was the taxi driver driving us home at the time. We were telling him the story. He drove us back into town (laughs) had a word with some bouncers he knew. He told them these lads are nice fellas, these lads are sound and he told us to go on in we had a great night and he wouldn't charge us for the taxi. A legend that fella, Ebenezer Jones and here's another one, Uh, you're talking about vaccine shortages. Well you're speaking about the vaccination process. I had an appointment for 4pm on Sunday for my first vaccination. I got there at a quarter to four, queued up, got to the vaccination cubicle at five to five. A member of the army approached myself and two other women and told us one of us would have to leave as there was only two vaccinations left. It's like Sophie's choice. This was literally before we were due to go in. One of you will have to leave. The lady in front of me stated that she had to get a babysitter to come in, had an appointment and had queued and felt that was very unfair. Rightly so. So I said the same, which was true. So the three of us stood there in a standoff for a couple of minutes. When the man replied, he said, he said, we'll go rock, paper, scissors. Only in Ireland. The lady behind me kindly said she could come back tomorrow. And the man was very nice to her and told her to come in and just ask for him. And she could go straight to the top. And uh, and that if they opened a box of vaccines for her, then they wouldn't go to waste. Um, obviously, people don't show up, etc. And the numbers aren't adding up. Anyway, just wondering if they could change their tact and maybe take the extra vaccines left over at the end of the day and offer them to the homeless, maybe. Just a thought. Anyway, and that's the rest of the day. It's quite a lengthy text. I just was kind of interested in the rock, paper, scissors aspect of it. There's three of you, there's only two left. Rock, paper, scissors. If that was me, I'd definitely lose. I'm so stupid, I can't ever understand how rock, paper, scissors even works. Anyway, last bit of business for one fast call. This is for two nights bed and breakfast, two people at the Modern Hotel, Sandy Road in Galway. Artists and titles, please, in the right order. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Those three songs, all to do with the outdoors, dream escapes, um, sunshine, holidays, and weekend breaks. All right, so you can book directly yourself at modernhotels dot com. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Caller ten. Uh, Ina, good morning. I'm sorry about that. Um, no, it's not there. So I'll come back in a few minutes' time when she's set up. Okay, we'll go for another line instead. Ina, you're on two. Morning. 
Hi, hi, Neil. Good morning. Uh, I'm you just a, coming on air there. Yeah, you had, a bad, you had a bad fog on. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. a bad fog on on Conchal yesterday. Where's that? And I was on the ground. Do you know Con's shop up and ground? Does he have a hill named after him, yeah? Well, that's what we call it. Conchal. Like. He deserves Conchal. a hill. He's a legend, anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I got a bad, bad fog. So I've got knee replacements. Plus, I've got a rod in my legs. I broke my femur three years ago. Ouch. So I'm very unsteady on my legs anyway. So it was lashing raining, but I slipped... I just come down by St. Anthony's Road. But I was on the ground for about, I don't know how long I was on the ground for about five or six minutes before this chap came across from the hut, in the corporation hut. But I couldn't see his face, I was in shock. I was on the tanks, that man. The guard from, the guard Eddie from Gron and Siobhan O'Mani from um, Churchfield. They stayed with me the whole time well, before my husband came up and ring a skiddy and while the ambulance came because I was in very bad. I'm in bits today. So I have very bad little bones as well, you see. Oh, no, did you so, break anything? I was afraid and kept the ba- I didn't, but I thought I was breaking the bar on my leg. Oh, my That's God. That's what I was afraid of. So you must, you must live with that leg. fear all of the time that, so, you know, that you're going to have... All the time, but it's after really knocking me back now. It's really after knocking me back because I had three new replacements because I got osteoporosis and I got osteoarthritis. So I had a lot of operations. You just could not get up. No way. And I oh, know once, once knees are done, you just can't. No. God. No, I just I was just saying that I was in stage shock. I couldn't even see their faces. That's why I'm coming on to thank that chap in the corporation hut down the bottom of the hill. And Siobhan O'Mahony from Churchfield Avenue, I think. I know Siobhan was from Boyce Street. Yeah. But yeah. and the guard, Eddie, from Gron, because they stayed with me well over half an hour before my husband came up and ring a skitty and when the ambulance came. So how did the how did the ambulance did the ambulance get you up then, the paramedics? Um, I was on the ground for a while while they were there and they uh, didn't want to move me in case the bar was gone if the bar was gone off my tie didn't want to move me just kept me in the same position were you in awful pain? I was on the ground I was in terrible pain yeah mm-hmm. but eventually they must have rolled you onto some kind of an apparatus they, no they stood me the guard and stood me and held me up against the wall because I couldn't stand myself because I couldn't I couldn't stand on my foot actually. oh my god and that because was they weren't sure yeah I know. but um, I know. there's there was nothing broken, but I'm just badly beat up, like bruising. And that, you know, but I just um, wanted to give out a big thanks. And I'm so grateful to him, so kind. So in spite yeah. of everything that happened to you yesterday, you still wanted to say thank you. Obviously, oh you God, took the time oh to God, say yeah. thanks. Yeah. I probably said to myself anyway, but oh God, oh my God, yeah. Because like, if I saw a car passing down, but I couldn't, I, was, I couldn't even speak. But then Sean came along and I could hear her calling my name, but I couldn't see her face. So I just in shock. All I was worried about was my legs. Uh, I know, yeah. Well, that's the importance of local community and people looking out for each other. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen, Ina, well Mm -hmm. done to all of those that came to your aid. Mind yourself, all right? Exactly. Okay, thanks very much. Thank Cheers, you. Take care. She's Thank lovely. Cons Hill, the great Con O'Leary. Lines open at 1850 Let us see what David Boyton can do for us in Broaddale and Douglas. Hello. Hi, how are you? You're mad, are you mad def- desperate for a weekend breakaway, you are? I'm mad for something, you know. <laughs> you got someone to take with you? Uh, yeah. Okay. So this is the Maldron Hotel, Sandy Road in Galway. Two nights bed and breakfast for you and whomever you've chosen to take with you. I'm going to play Fair these enough. and you shout out the artists and titles. You get one shot at this in the right order, yeah. okay? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, Summer 69, Brian Adams. Summer holiday, Cliff Richard. 
California Girls, Katy Perry. Right on the money. Well done. The songs are edited to say the following sentence when you put them together. Yeah, I'd always want to be where the sea is blue, laying underneath the palm trees. I can't guarantee you palm trees, but pretty much everything else, yeah. David. All right. So congratulations. Very Thanks very much, Neil. Well done, my man. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. That's the Maldron for today. Tomorrow, it's the Maldron Hotel in Port Leash. Two nights, bed and breakfast for two people. Lots to do in Port Leash. You'll enjoy it. And then on Friday, back to Dublin for a weekend break in the Maldron uh, at Newlands Cross. So that's all week long. So you can book directly with maldronhotels.com for a weekend break. Away you go. Um, lines will stay open at one 104 106 Just quickly back after the break to wrap. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Uh, just with regards to the woman who's appealing the 150 euro fine because the lid of her bin wasn't down 100%. Neil, when the bins were first introduced by Cork County Council and City Council, they sent a letter saying that the lid had to meet the top of the bin. And they were quite right in refusing to take the bins if they did not. This woman would be wasting her time fighting it. I guarantee she won't have a leg to stand on. (laughs) I don't know about that. I mean, it's not as if the bins are going anywhere. They're just being toted up onto the back of the truck. A stupid fine over the bins. Those two nuns in Lep were bullied over their little huts. But then on a traveller's site, they can build a flat roof extension onto their house with no planning and not a word about it. I think Cork City Council just picks easy targets. Uh, they're all hypocrites, says Desi. And one final one, they want to go out round hassling people, those animals who dump their rubbish on the side of the road in country lanes, rather than hassling a woman who pays her bin charges every week. And thank you to Rachel and y'all. She says, I know you love your grub. Of all the signs of it. So I thought I'd send you a pic of these. You must have one. You have to try them. I'd recommend a visit to James at the Butcher's Court on your next visit to y'all. They're divine. You can get them in twos or fours and you won't be disappointed. I hear you asking and shouting at the radio, what are they? Well, apparently, they're the Butcher's Court potato rissoles. They have potato, ham, cheese, onion and herb. And they look really, really tasty. Imagine bung them in the oven. Ten hours. Ten hours. Ten minutes. Job done. A few baked beans on the side. Definitely. Next time I'm down in y'all, I check out the butcher's court. They look tasty. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.